which gave me time to finish the large part of my supper and also to fetch a napkin because watermelon drips. That it does. That's why I don't like watermelon. It's, it's tasty, though. I haven't heard your voice in forever, Scott. <laughs> okay, we need to get <laughs> another... We need to get another what? Dad, come back. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah, this is not good. <laughs> There's only three of us. I read them all. I had very good intentions about making notes today, but so far, nothing has actually happened. Okay. That's right. As long as one of us has notes to steer us, I guess we're okay. It's actually kind of awkward eating watermelon with a microphone right there. (laughs) You could slide it up for a minute if you want. (laughs) I suppose I could. All right. I have notes. So talk. Let's see how bad you are. Well, I'm converting something to Moby, so it's, I mean, my computer's old. Mine, too. How long is it going to take? Well, we're at four minutes and 50 seconds creating the Moby output, which means that it's pretty much almost done. Then we'll wait. But I'm quitting everything else. So you said Kelly was working late tonight? Kelly's hours have changed, so she doesn't get off until 8 o'clock. Oh, wow. And then she has to drive home, and she has to walk the dog and eat. Mm. So I don't expect her for a little bit. Oh, well. I guess that works. Mm -hmm. It does. My forehead is itchy. Eek. My skin is peeling, so I'm trying not to itch it. But this is why I don't like sunshine. (laughs) Mm. She told me this morning she was toasted. I thought she meant she was drunk. (laughs) But really, it was that she was sunburned. Uh, I haven't done that so far. I don't tend to do it very uh, often, so hopefully. I went on the weekend. We took the kids down to southern Illinois to work on Special Olympics, which is outdoors. So I've I've spent 16 hours or so outside in the you know in the sunshine this weekend, and I'm Irish. Yeah, there's only so, so much sunscreen can do. Yeah, you know, eventually the sunscreen just kind of. Most of me is not burnt at all, but my my forehead and my nose, which uh, my nose being very Snape-like, I guess. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Stop that bad. Well, I, 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 it's not that bad, but I mean, if you've seen pictures of me, it's kind of hooked and it's got a bent place. and So it's like very out there for the sun to shine on. And so that my nose is burnt and my forehead is burnt and there are spots on my cheeks that are burnt. Yeah. If anything does burn, it's usually my nose, but I'm fairly lucky because it doesn't happen very often, even when I don't put sunscreen on. Well, well you live in I, also don't, I also don't go outside and stay outside for long periods of time in the summer, usually. But, and you live yeah. in Canada. <laughs> it's sunny in Canada. Canada gets sun occasionally? It's sunny right now. <laughs> well, folks, are we ready? Is your thing done? Cat, you sound better. Yeah, I'm, it's done. I'm, now I'm just catching up on XQC. All right. Well, you can read the podcast. Yes, I can. As long as you're not typing, we're good. Would I'm one of you like to start us off, or shall I do it? Doesn't particularly matter. Go I ahead. can't remember who did it last week. I did. Get here. I did it last week. For Tuesday, March 27th, this is episode 140. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. Next time, yeah. Previously on Potterfic Weekly. 
Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> that would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? <laughs> okay, what did I miss? <laughs> Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. (laughs) I think that's two, and that could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. We'll always laugh before the end Potterfic Weekly Where the story never ends Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, everyone. This is our second episode on a story called A Conspiracy of Cartographers by Pika and this week, we're covering the rest of it, starting from Chapter 9 and continuing through Chapter 18. And that's the end of Year 1. Yes. Once again, we've started without actually introducing ourselves, but uh, by this time, probably you know who we are. Anyway, I'm Scott. I'm Sue. And I'm Kat. And Kelly should be joining us later. Technically, we were thinking about doing Chapter 9 for the last podcast, but... If you've listened to that, you know we didn't quite get that far, so we're starting with Chapter 9 this time. Mm -hmm. I was just confused about what it meant because of all the prologues. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention when I put it together, so it was my fault. Yeah, well, end of Chapter 8 was good. They were having a moment and falling asleep. Mm -hmm. And now he's back, and he's not sure he should be back. (laughs) Yes, apparently in the intervening time. James and Sirius and co. have decided to check out the Shrieking Shack. So it's just as well. It was coincidentally when Remus wasn't there, I guess. Yeah. And I like that he thinks he should have stayed home because things are getting too complicated. But then he realizes that he would miss the laughter. And as Mm -hmm. he thinks about it, he realizes that there's not a lot of laughter in his home anymore ever since he's been bitten. And his roommates are prone to fits of uncontrollable laughter, and that kind of makes him feel good. Yeah. So he would have missed They're a little that. hysterical. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but he had a good visit home, but there were some not-so-good times yes. as well. There was a very uncomfortable conversation about whether Lily was his girlfriend and <laughs> things he really ought to know, and his dad didn't actually say anything straight out, but he kind of figured out he was talking about sex, and uh, <laughs> it was just awkward. Awkward. Big time. Remus got the sex talk young. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they thought he Lily was his girlfriend, and they're worried about what's going to happen yeah, because of the just, lycanthropy. I just yeah. like to say that word. Lycanthropy. lycanthropy? It's kind of fun. It's a good word. It's mm-hmm. a big word. 
It is. I was listening to something the other day and they were saying it in French, which is something like Lou Garou. And that's kind of funny oh, yes. as well. Yeah, it's got a silent P on it, which is a little bit weird, but. <laughs> yeah. I remember it from when I was listening to, oh, what's her name? Patricia Cornwell's books, The Autopsy Lady. Can't remember. But anyhow. Yeah, Brennan. No, no, it's a no, that's, story. Um, that's Kathy Reich's someone. Yeah. But anyway. there was a, several books in a series that was about a werewolf. So, and they, they said that a lot during those. So I, that's how I learned to pronounce it. Otherwise, you know how I am with words. I would have butchered it even worse because mm -hmm. I listened to it a lot. But anyhow, he's uh, back on the train, heading back just a day after the full moon. So he's really tired and he wakes up to find Lily just sitting with him. Mm-hmm. And he's dreamt about the dog again, or yeah. he didn't. He didn't dream about the dog while he was home. Mm -hmm. But now that he's on the train, yeah, he's thinking about it. So, and he, he talks to his sister. He has a really nice time with his sister. He's going to miss her again. And it's kind of awkward when he meets up with the guys too, because Sirius has obviously told James about the scars that he noticed. Right. Peter has no idea. Nope. But James and Sirius share a significant glance. They do indeed. Significant look. Yes. And he tries to pass off his newest cut as getting on the wrong side of his owl. <laughs> but they've all seen how old and not very feisty he is, so mm -hmm. they're kind of skeptical. Yeah, they are. Sirius asks about his mom, and Remus doesn't remember his lies, so he's got to come up with something. And he says, why do you care? And Sirius is like, I'm curious, can't I ask after your mudblood family? And uh, <laughs> he also discovers that Sirius has been not only wearing his jumper, but also set it on fire. Yeah. It was stained, misshapen, scorched, and snagged, and it smelled like, Black, have you been wearing my jumper? And I love what Sirius says. It got lonely without you, so we invited it along on a couple of adventures. And Remus says, next time reminded it's not allowed out without permission, which I thought was really cute. I yeah. have to say that I, I love this portrayal of Sirius as, I mean, I, I, I love the Marauders era and therefore I've read a lot of fix that, you know, will have Sirius as either wanting to be in Gryffindor or almost instantly like flips from being, you know, the ideal Slytherin heir to a pureblood family into Gryffindor fighting for the light. You know, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And Pika or Pika, depending on how you pronounce it, really draw, draws it out. And he still uses mudblood and all these mm -hmm. words that you, remind you of Malfoy almost. Right. And it's kind of cool. People don't really take into account the fact that he's been raised surrounded by the rest of the blacks. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, he's, he's not going to have just spontaneously decided... I want to be a Gryffindor and uh, do all the wonderful, good things. And uh, because, as far as he's concerned, everything his family thinks is probably close to right. I mean, obviously he's annoyed with them, and he's a bit of a rebel anyway. But being a rebel against like rules and such like that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to believe exactly the opposite from your entire family. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I, mean, I thought this was a, a really good way of doing it, too. And him being just very arrogant and, and single-minded and it's all about him is kind of what I'd picture for Malfoy. And 
it's interesting placing that on Sirius because it makes it like almost that Sirius is real. Mm-hmm. More real than even in the canon. Mm-hmm. I've read ones where he does decide he wants to be in Gryffindor and that's his plan, where they've actually managed to have some reasoning for that before he shows up at school. A lot of them, it's just sort of automatic. And like I said in the last podcast, it is a little bit weird that Sirius having all of these traits doesn't get in Slytherin, especially given that he's expecting it so hard. But well, do you think I that was? Think it works well. Do you think that was the hat playing on you know Sirius's loyalty? I don't know. Could be. I I suspect the hat on this one. Well, yeah. It's hard to know how much the hat has involved in things. Hat knew that Remus would need a friend, so Hat put him in Gryffindor. Well, Hat knew that Remus needed people to fight for him, and he didn't need to be in Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Because as this person writes it, it's pretty clear that, you know, Hufflepuff is just an all-the-rest kind of a place to be. I've moved Hat over to the computer now so he can watch and listen. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to read a Hufflepuff Remus fic, though. That would be fun, too. But, um, I think it would. I've seen them. I've I've never seen ones that are very good. Oh, that's too bad. But I think that's hard to write that. a good Hufflepuff fic, just because there's so little to go on. But, yeah. There's also the whole fandom view of, like, who Hufflepuffs are, and Hufflepuffs are tree huggers, and that's pretty much it. And we make good sandwiches. We make good sandwiches. I have no idea where that came from. Did they just make that up for the song, or did it... I don't know. It rhymed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if Robert... Ooh, I'm going to say this out loud. If Robert would get off his butt and finish the edit on the last spellcast, there's a wonderful... Well, if you can call it wonderful, well-written Voldemort in Hufflepuff fic. Mm. It's a little creepy, but... That's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) But it is good, yes. It's, yeah, it's a good one. There was one that I read that was pretty good. That was uh, Voldemort was good and uh, Dumbledore was bad. Oh, hmm. no. Voldemort's bad in this. He just hides it well. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that a Slytherin trait? He has a different path to power than in canon. Right. We're way off course. Remus's other surprise on getting back here is that Peter has a pet now. Yes. And uh, another sort of... I don't know, trigger, because people will notice that the animals don't like him more if there's one right there. All the time, yeah. Yeah. Peters loves his new pet, Constantine. Constantine? How would you say it? Constantine. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think you were right the first time. Named after his uncle. Who gave him the puff skin? Yep. And then we find out that, well, it starts at the very beginning. We find out that they have detention, but we find out that they got detention for checking out the shrieking sack and that Professor Tynesdale caught him. And if Remus mm-hmm. had been there, they probably would have got away because she likes Remus. And they're really more interested in what was she doing in the village. Mm-hmm. So, fortunately, Remus sort of manages to slip away from the dangerous subjects. Yeah. And he thinks about it and he's like, thumbscrews. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is a little bit later. 
And he says, <laughs> well, detention and taking points away from you don't work. Maybe if they punished you with thumbscrews, you'd stop doing things you shouldn't. And Sirius kind of thinks about it. Nah. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> and he says... He invites uh, Remus's jumper out for another adventure. Yeah. But this time, Remus, Remus gets to it. wear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I that was funny. So, Remus reluctantly decides to go and then finds out he's going into the Forbidden Forest. So he probably wouldn't have been gone, not because he's afraid, but because the forest is uh, forbidden. <laughs> yeah. I loved the uh, conversation that they had about werewolves. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And Remus is just saying, they're like, mm, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Did you do? I, where do werewolves go when the moon's not full? Serious wonders. And Remus is like, home. <laughs> That's not nearly interesting enough. So they decide they probably go to parties with vampires and hags and things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And argue about who's the tastiest. And Remus is like, I don't want to even talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> no. Apparently they're looking for centaur tail hair because it makes really good wands. For Sears. Aphrodisiacs. Mm -hmm. But since the uh, younger boys don't giggle, then they probably don't know what that means. Yes, Remus does, but he's Remus, so, you know. Yeah, he's not going to giggle. And he hears hoofbeats coming pretty quick and lets him know that somebody's coming. And they are recognized, the Pruitts are recognized. And I like that the centaurs call them young, and then they call Remus a cub. Mm -hmm. But the boys don't quite catch that. Uh, apparently the Pruitts are friends of Hagrid's. Yes. I can't believe they did not catch it. They must be so dense. Well, I, mm -hmm. they, Peter's cowering because he's afraid of them. And the other two are so enthralled in seeing the centaurs, they're not listening to what they're saying. Yeah, okay. And Remus himself is like, ah, it's too obvious. Ah. Yeah. But um, fortunately, they're a little more oblivious than that. Mm -hmm. And we find out that a... Creature of the Deep Woods has become separated from the colony and last night wounded one of the foals, and so they're out hunting it. And they tell the boys to go out of the forest because it's not safe. Mm -hmm. And Peter wants to, but of course, Sirius and James just think it's interesting. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, the Pruitts are a little more, I don't know, well, they're obviously more mature and... More aware of what's in the forest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they're heading so towards um, nothing that I'm aware of. Okay. There's a... Sounds like you are scraping a bottle across the table or something. Yeah. The first time oh. I thought it was you scooting your chair up, but it's happened like three times and it's changed subtly each time. So I'm like, all right, what is that sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's the um, cord of my headphones has been rubbing against the arm of the chair. Uh -huh. Okay. Hopefully it should be out of the way now. It was just That's a, weird a powerful mic. Did you get Aaron's old mic? No, I did not. Oh, good. Herbie? <laughs> At least they named him. I've been dealing oh. with his mic in the edit I'm doing. So uh, I've, uh, yeah, I put in him snoring and him typing and several other things. Because <laughs> I'm mean. But I'm sorry. Back to this. Yes. So the Pruitts are ushering them off towards Hogwarts again, but Remus stops them at some point because he hears something coming. Mm -hmm. And it, it looks like it's probably an acromantula, I think. Yes. Oh, yeah, it actually says later. 
and it comes after Peter. And so Remus shoves Peter out of the way and steps between them and stupefies it. And it must be a fairly young Acromantula because we know that you have to hit him in the belly. We know from canon that you have to hit him in the belly in order to stupefy them or you need more than one person to do it. So, it also sounded fairly small. Yeah, so I think it's young and small. Yeah. And I think well, it's, it's basically got lost and separated from the rest of them, so mm-hmm. probably. And it says that the spell hit him, hit it with such force it flipped it over. So uh, Remus apparently is very powerful as well. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Fabian loathes spiders. Hmm. That's where Ron got I, it from. <laughs> well, I mean, Ron from canon, Ron got it from Fred scaring him with a. His teddy bear yeah, was changed into a spider, but I did love it because Gideon and Fabian got to be like their own people and not like exactly like the twins in canon. Mm-hmm. Is people mm-hmm. so often do that? And when I first started this fic, I was kind of you know let down a little bit because I was like, oh, yet another fic where Gideon and Fabian are exactly the same as the twins in canon. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mentioned at the that same last time, podcast, they get yeah, to they, be like. They've kept developing from that fortunately yeah they they get to have like their own stuff going on right mm-hmm. and that's cool and we also have remus finally snapping about the whole mudblood thing right and thus sirius is not going to use that word anymore because remus is scary when he does that <laughs> <laughs> yes and that's good so and the centaurs tell him that if he ever gets tired of being with the humans that he can come and be with them because he saved them from the spider Mm-hmm. And Fabian declares that he's now in the gang. I'm not sure Remus he's is. not really sure he wants to be in the gang, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Thanks, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's just hoping they don't put the clues together. Right. He's going to try to distract them. And then we move to chapter 10, the moment of truth. Mm-hmm. And we're with Lily, Remus and Lily, and Lily's talking and he, you know, I'm going to have, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of having it in the afternoon so Severus can come. And Remus is distracted. He's like, what? And she's like, my birthday party. I'm going to have it in the afternoon so Remus can, or so that Severus can come. And Remus is like, okay. And then That's she, great. she wants to know when his birthday is. And his birthday is not something they celebrate anymore. He doesn't even like to think about it. So he makes up a date. And he, you know, blurts out September 10th because that's his half year birthday. And she's like, but aren't you 11? And he's like, oh, whoops, because you have to be 11 by September 1st to actually go to school. And he mm-hmm. just kind of you know, stutters it away. Yeah. And they discover a certain refuge that Lily has mm-hmm. because the people in the common room are being noisy and the chairs in the library are too hard. Right. Is it? Do you think it's the ROR? Room of requirement? No, it's an old classroom. Okay. They, she thinks it's um, I can't remember now. It used to be the magical linguistics professor's yeah. rooms. That's it. So, and it hasn't been used in a really long time. So she's learned a spell to clean it off, and they dust it. I love how with a sucking noise, the uh, couch goes from dingy to a darker green. I liked that. Mm-hmm. It sounds rather like flip. But it doesn't matter because he can't concentrate. It's too close to the moon and he can hear her breathing. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit too close to the talk he had with his father, too, I think. They yeah. kind of quit. And she comes over and tries to find out what's wrong and lays her hand on his forehead and various other things. And uh, 
he kisses her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, at this moment, I was so reminded of uh, the movie prison, the movie Prisoner of Azkaban, where I was like, ah, I knew her. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And then he runs for it. Yeah. Yeah. After babbling incoherently for a little bit. Yeah, I like it. Lily, it's not. I don't. Oh hell! He said with feeling, scrubbing his hands through his hair. Dad was right. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. And off he runs. Mm-hmm. And he finally forces himself to read the really embarrassing chapter in the werewolf book mm-hmm. because he wants to know what he's going to do about this. And there's not a whole lot he can do except for what he's already doing. Yeah. And then after the moon, he stumbles back to the tower. He's absolutely exhausted and he figures he'll sleep for a couple of hours and go down to the party. I I love that um, Madame Pomfrey has uh, given him potion for chafing. Yeah. I don't mean to embarrass you, dear, but I've noticed a little redness. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could ignore me. Really, you could. Well. Yeah. Those healers. So forward with their advice. And the rest of the boys have also come to have come to Lily's party because there's food, basically. Right. That's about it. And it's in and the common um, room, so, you know, they were there anyhow. Mm-hmm. I love and how uh, the older mm-hmm. years came because there was food. Yeah. Yep. The theory is that Madame Pomfrey and Professor Tyndell are involved. It's a popular theory, says Fabian. Yes. Wow, Peter says that'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Just see him. And James snorts. Maybe if Pomfrey weren't so dumpy and Tyndell wasn't so boring. <laughs> oh well. These were these were very realistic guy reactions. And Sirius is like, I'm bored. I'm going after more cake. And Lily stops him and wants to know where Remus is. And he says, well, he went to his, he had to go home. And she's like, he would have told me and he wouldn't miss my party. And, you know, Sirius is like, yeah, when does he ever tell anybody anything? So she's mad at him now. Yeah, she's really upset with him. I I do like when Sirius or James are interacting with Lily, it's Evans. Mm -hmm. And when it's Remus's point of view, it's Lily. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. because they're friends. Yeah, it's just a nice artistic touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And Sirius goes up to his room and Remus is all curled up into a ball on his bed and kind of wakes up. He wants to know what time it is. And Sirius says half seven and Remus swears. Dad, come it. He's missed the party and yeah. he knows she'll be upset. Yeah. And then she shows I do up. like the one little bit while Sirius is still being bored at supper that at least they haven't made all of them. Because I've said before, it, it seems a little early for 11-year-olds to be particularly bothered about girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sirius says he knows in an abstract sort of way that the day would come when he'd probably go soft in the head over girls too, but thankfully it hadn't happened yet. Right. So he's just bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, Remus has to go and talk to Lily because she's, yeah. She's a little ticked off at him. Okay, she's a just lot a ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> She's pissed at Remus. She's very pissed at Remus. Yeah. So he he goes and he's going to talk to her and he follows her to the refuge. And of course, Snape's in there. And she says, "I, you know, he says, I need to talk to you alone. And so she tells Snape to leave and tells him if she catches him listening at the keyhole that she'll text him into next week. And Remus tells her the truth. that he's a werewolf. Which I was expecting. Yeah. It she doesn't believe well. it. No. <laughs> oh, 
come on, you could come up with a better excuse than that. But uh, he can show he shows her some of his scars and such. And yeah, yeah, and he ripped his toe off in the last full moon, so it's been reattached, but it's still a raw mess of yuck. So. Mm-hmm. And he points out to her the lunar calendar and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I was six, and nobody, you know, you can't tell anybody they'll send me home. And, and she... explains that he kissed her because, not because he's really attracted to her that way, but just because of all the hormones and such. And mm-hmm. He loves her as a friend. Right. I like that he says, you know, I can do meditation and stuff for control and focus, and I was hoping that I could do it here because it's nice to be quiet. and. She says, as long as you keep your shoes on, because you've got the ugliest feet I've ever seen. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That was a good touch. It was a good touch. And in the beginning of chapter 11, we shift to Sirius being not at all modest, because yep. he's decided the reason Remus is no longer quite so boring is all because he is amazing. Yep. He is amazing. So I guess that works. He is awesome sauce. Awesome sauce indeed. Mm-hmm. And he told him to sort things out with Evans, did his potions essay for him, all of this wonderful stuff that he did. Mm-hmm. And now they've nicked food and they're taking it up to Peter because it's Peter's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make... Uh, Although they seem to be eating a rather lot of it on the way. And you have to enjoy the password for the fat lady, Salazar's pink knickers. Just really big knickers. Yes. Just because. And, of course, the Pruitts have come bearing gifts as well. They've got butterbeers and fizzing whisbies and things like that from the last Hogsmeade visit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice touch that they're a little too big to actually fly from them anymore, but it does mm-hmm. make them float a little. Yeah. So. Well, that makes sense. And, of course, they go back to talking about the Shrieking Shack. And Gideon and Fabian have gone to investigate. And I'd actually forgotten until we came to this point in the chapter that um, fizzing whiskeys are what Greyback offered Remus when he was six. And so he immediately shuts down when those come out. And mm-hmm. Sirius is suspicious again. But, and Sirius has yes. decided that they're going to be friends. And now mm-hmm. Remus is starting to act less like a stuffy junior professor. Yes. He's saved him from becoming a girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be a horrible fate, don't you know? Well, yeah. Yes. And they <laughs> take him off to a Quidditch game, and he has no clue what he's going to go watch. And I love that they, first off, there's chasers, and they've got this red ball called a quaffle, and they've got to get it through the goal. And Remus looks at him and goes, that sounds boring. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. They... It's like one of those bad TV infomercials. We'll yeah. double your offer. So. <laughs> And, uh, he... Not only will you get three hoops and one quaffle to throw through them, you will also get two beers which fly around on their own and try to knock you off your broom. Isn't that fun? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the snitch, but they don't even tell him about the snitch because like halfway through the game, he's like, what is that bloke over there doing? <laughs> oh, right. He's the speaker. Yeah. And I love that they've got Weasley as this terrible flyer who just can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. Arthur Weasley yeah. is the Gryffindor speaker. It's not Bilious Weasley? Yeah, it's Bilious. Yeah. Okay. The one for- I didn't catch the first name. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Bilious. But yeah, I thought that was really funny. He's apparently a seventh year at this point, and he's just dismal. Mm-hmm. The rest of them might have a chance otherwise, but... But not with him. And uh, Remus's scarf blows away, so Sirius shares his scarf with him, and they, they each sit with one end wrapped around the, their throats. And Remus I would say that. shares with Sirius the um, spell he learned from Lily to keep his hair out of his eyes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could use that spell. So right. hanging out with a girl isn't all bad. You learn things. <laughs> yes. I never pictured with ser- serious with long hair before Azkaban. I always thought I it was sort of shoulder length ish, but I don't know. No, I always pictured him with like I don't know, almost like uh, like that flyaway, like almost chin length kind of, but not ch- not long enough to like tie it back. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little odd that it actually does tie back at this point. So I guess it must be longer than I would picture it too. But yeah. I would think that his pure blood mother would make him cut it. Well, this well that's could... the thing. He's growing it because they keep carping on him about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's his way of revenge. Yeah. Yes, it's interesting that he managed to get away with that so far. Yeah, yeah, I, very I, I I don't think he would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. So they they are going with the idea that a lot of people have picked up from the movie version of Lucius that having long hair is sort of the the pure blood thing because it is a rebellion against his parents that he lets it grow. So I don't know. That's one of the things I think is a little weird with the movies. I never pictured any of the Malfoys having long hair, but that's what one of Jason Isaac's ideas, I guess. So before the movies, I never preoccupied myself with how long Lucius Malfoy's hair was. So <laughs> that is true. It's it's not exactly a scintillating point conversation. But... No, but now that we've seen him, yeah, we could talk about it. But we won't. Yeah. <laughs> we won't. We'll continue. So they're leaving the match and. The Slytherins come and give him a hard time, and Bagman kind of comes up and chases him all away, except for Snape. And mm-hmm. Snape... Interesting, also, that Bagman is a Slytherin in this. Mm-hmm. I'd never really love... been able to figure out where I would put him, but it works well enough. What do you love? I, I love the name dropping. Like, the, you know, you can spot where adults in the canon are. Right, because we had Amos as well, Amos Diggory in this as, as well, because he was the one that caught the snitch. He was the Hufflepuff seeker, yep. so I guess Cedric was following in his footsteps there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. And Snape little... is just a slimy git, and he hexes Remus in the back. And Sirius goes after him, and Snape is really sneaky. He never gets caught doing it. So he no, pulls not. the wand, and he's always threatening them, and he does it in such a way that nobody else can see it. And so they always get in trouble and detention because they're picking on Snape, and Snape's been instigating it all, all the time. And Remus won't say that he hexed him because Remus doesn't want to upset Lily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think with this one, he kind of feels like he deserves it because he did stand up Lily for the party. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's, I don't know. I guess he he's has also, had a chance to explain to her by this point. but This ver- this version of Remus is very, very non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. And I don't think even if it wasn't going to upset uh, Lily, he would try and make trouble. Right. Yeah, he's basically trained himself for over half his life now to... Um, not attract attention. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not something that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So, But Sirius has decided that he's going to be his champion. And Which Remus thinks is ridiculous, but um, there's not much he can do about it. And he says, what are we, the three musketeers? We're the musketeers. It's up to us to put an end to the Cardinal's plot. I could do with some exercise. All for one. And one for all! And Peter's like, what do you mean? Four musketeers? Four! Because he's getting left out. What's a musketeer anyway? Yeah. <laughs> so. Never it's mind. It's interesting, though, because there, there were four musketeers, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not called that. 
No, because one of them died. Anyway. Chapter 12 is focused more on the mystery of Professor Tyndale and uh, Madame Pomfrey. Yes. They've decided they're going to figure this out. Yeah, they're on the hunt. Sirius really doesn't care. He's more worried about Remus because he's being weird again and not managing his spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's still convinced that there's something going on at home to give him all these scars, and he uh, wants to come with him when uh, Remus is going home. He's like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> because he's finally figured out that Remus is really distracted on the days he goes home. Mm-hmm. He's put that much together. So. Sirius is a smart cookie. He is. Well, when it comes to he that. He just doesn't quite connect all the details because it's well he's 11 i mean come on mm-hmm. yeah and it's not something you'd necessarily assume right off right anywhere so well especially in the wizarding world where you know werewolves are like evil and like they don't go they don't have average lives mm-hmm. and it says a few chapters from now that when he does kind of figure things out a little bit he has the theory anyway he hasn't proved it but Remus is the least werewolf-like person he could possibly think of. Mm-hmm. So, right. so he's uh, been in herbology and he poked the booba tuber and ended up with his eyes full of booba tuber pus. Yes. Sounds painful to me. He was distracted and bored and not paying proper attention. Mm, no. <laughs> was it was all the professor's fault for making them too boring. Right. Yes. <laughs> I forget, was Boobertuber's first year in canon? I feel like that was in a later book. I don't think it was first years. I think it was um, when Reader Skeeter, because that was when... Fourth year. They mm-hmm. sent the... Yeah, because th- there was an envelope right. full of it yeah. in, for Hermione. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't learn about it in first year. It just means that the Boobertuber pus came to her in fourth year. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not sure when we first hear about that because we do have a point before that happens where they're learning about them in the lesson but i can't remember which book that's in yeah i feel like it was in a later book not in the first book but hey you know professor i would have said maybe the second or something but i don't know second or third but hey professor sprout is allowed to change her curriculum as she sees fit right maybe maybe this is a different professor yeah this is professor barry Maybe this uh, incident uh, changed the curriculum. Yeah. Yes. They moved it down a few years because of um, the or up first years got into too much trouble. Yeah. 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 And on their way to the hospital wing, Sirius reaches over and grabs James's glasses. And so now we've got the blind leading the blind because neither one of them can see. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. James is being annoying. Of course. So he just drops him off and goes back to class. And Madame Pomfrey gives him some cooling ointment to hold over his eyes and then leaves him and of course he's immediately bored yes because you know he can't sit still in the total darkness with nothing to do oh my yeah it was a fourth year class because because it's easier to keep it within the same book mm-hmm. different professor yes. different curriculum right so Sirius is bored which is always a dangerous thing and he's looking around the hospital wing and there's 12 identical beds well at least he thinks there's 12 because one is blocked so he is going to sneak over there and see who it is and it's remus mm-hmm. and he Which kind of does not fit at all no because he's supposed to be home and of course then james sneaks up behind him and says serious and he jumps and he's like Shh, quiet don't say anything <laughs> 
And of course, uh, Pomfrey's like, I really thought this would look better than it does with you sitting and holding it on there for the last 20 minutes. And he's like, I must not be healing very fast. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So she sends it. With so he has to take it and hold it whenever he has a spare moment, basically. Yeah. Which is going to be never. Right. Knowing serious. And now he's mad at Pomfrey because he knows that whatever's happening to Remus is happening at school. And, and she knows about it. She must know about it, and she's not doing anything about it. So she's a horrible person, and probably so is Dumbledore. And I love his. I love his train of thought. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a great stream of thought because he just goes from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and it's gotta be Snape. Snape did it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I hope Tydale breaks her heart and stomps on the pieces. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, and James is like. I don't think Snape could have arranged all of that. So no. Let's remember that Snape is eleven. As well. Mm -hmm. Get as he is, he is eleven. And Remus came in with those scars. So there's yes. something else there. Yeah. Sirius says, Okay, then what's your theory? And James doesn't really have one. No. He doesn't think it's that. And they decide not to keep it between themselves. Right. They're not gonna tell anybody. As is, seems the trend at Hogwarts. Right. Mm -hmm. And in a lucky coincidence, Fabian and Gideon have set up a plan to snoop around Pomfrey's office because they're looking for stuff about Tyndale. Mm -hmm. When she's going to talk to Dumbledore, she's having a meeting. Yes, she's mm -hmm. got a meeting. So they're going to sneak in and see what they can find. Yes. And they have a chat about the Easter holidays. The twins are going to Molly's again because there's uh, their anniversary. So mm -hmm. they're going to pick up Billy and take him off to mom and dad's. Right. Don't they like <laughs> their kid? I love that. <laughs> Sometimes, like when a man and a woman love each other very, very much, they like to have a little time alone together every now and then, and a noisy, bald thing that eats and soils itself every couple of hours can spoil the romantic mood. I'm sure you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> yep. And Sirius is just like, I don't Sirius like girls. <laughs> Sirius Black, ladies, man. Mm -hmm. Not yet. Not so much yet. And James isn't staying either because the family's going off to Italy. Mm -hmm. And Sirius is dismayed because Remus obviously won't stay and Peter will probably cave to his mom and then he'll just be bored, right. which is never good. No, no. So he decides he's going to go too. And they're looking through, two of them are looking through the desk and two of them are looking through the filing cabinet. And Sirius finds Remus's file and he wants to look at it, but he can't. So he says, mm -hmm. you know, they split you. up between Sirius is with one of the twins and James is with the other. So they aren't. Yeah. And he says, I bet they're in alphabetical order. It. So they mm -hmm. go down to look on the very bottom, and the other boys find her calendar. Mm -hmm. Which fortunately sends Gideon racing over there, and yep. I guess Sirius okay. goes too. I thought when I read this that at first that Gideon was going to go over, and Sirius was going to take that chance to look at Remus's file, but he goes over too. Yeah, they both go. Right. Yeah. And we find out that HT has an appointment every Friday afternoon until the end of the school year. So we figured out to have a Friday night date. And Gideon's like, that's a bit scheduled for a passionate rendezvous. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's got some condition and just needs treatment. Mm. Hmm. They're busy and, people. And Sirius happens to notice some irregular scattering of RL on right. his calendar. 
and we find out that once a month he sees Poppy. But so, never on the same day. Nope, never. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So something's not making sense. It's just weird. Right. And then they find the shelf of werewolf books. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, why would she have all of these? And Gideon's like, well, she must be treating one. And, and Sirius has an epiphany. Yeah. James is like, I hear a werewolf at Hogwarts. <laughs> Don't be daft. Dumbledore would never allow it. <laughs> Whoops. Well, actually, <laughs> James is, James is not the the brightest of students in this. No, he's story. not thinking about that at all. But boy, Sirius got it, and of course now Sirius is like, "Oh my goodness, is he doing that stuff to himself?" And he has to run this time, mm-hmm. and he just can't. He doesn't know what to do. He's going to cry, but blacks don't cry, so that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to do. But he almost laughs because he thinks about here he is, the proud pureblood son who was supposed to get into Slytherin. Now he's best friends with half-blood werewolf, mm-hmm. who is yeah. <laughs> he's two two of the things said. on the list of stuff that annoys his parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so James comes and they talk. And of course, the Pruitts just think Sirius is afraid of werewolves. And that's okay with Sirius because he says, I think it's Remus. And James is like, ow, it can't be, not Lupin. You know, think about it. His scars, his initials once a month on the calendar. Pete's puffskin's terrified of him. Animals always act weird. It's got to be a werewolf thing, right? And James is like, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts, man. Because his name is Lupin, and that would be too horribly ironic. Yeah. Yes, no one brings that up in this story. I was oh, upset well. by that. <laughs> I was waiting for that joke. James, well, see, they she's do talk gone about the relatives the in France, though. So, you know, that's that's where the name comes from. It's a French name. Yes, but still. And James is just horrified by the whole idea that they're sharing a room with a werewolf. This has to be illegal. We've got to report it to the authorities. And Sirius is like, oh, no, you don't. No. <laughs> Pulls a wand on him and is like, don't even think about it. So And Sirius declares himself champion. He, uh, he goes through with it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not kidding. And they decide, okay, well, we don't actually have proof. We don't really know anything anyway. Uh, we'll wait and check, find out on the next full moon. And that one's over Easter, so it'll have to be the one in April. Right. And, so now they've got two months to wait. Yes. And things are a little tense between them because of all this. Mm-hmm. And Remus doesn't really know what's going on. He's figured out it's probably something serious said because, well... Sirius refuses to tell him, says, uh, James and I have decided to start seeing other people. <laughs> and uh, he figures since he's being evasive, obviously, it must have been him who opened his mouth. But, right. Yeah. I found it interesting that Sirius and James's relationship isn't as solid in this fic, just because in canon, so many other fanfics, their relationship is so romanticized by the fact that James died. Mm-hmm. They're almost brothers. They're the best of friends possible. And yeah. Or, you know, there are roommates who get into crazy fights and about serious stuff. And, I mean, I kind of enjoyed that very original interpretation of how things could go. Mm-hmm. Well, they've only known each other for less than a year at this point. So right. a lot of things, James and Sirius are the ones who've already known each other when they meet the rest of them on the train. But uh, Yeah, so this time it's Peter and Sirius. Sirius, right. yeah. So Remus comes into the room and Pete's 
pouting because the other two boys are not talking to him and they clam up and stuff. And Remus and is like, they keep having conversations that stop when he walks in the room. And Remus says, yeah, they're doing it to me too. Which kind of makes something. Pete feel better. Mm-hmm. And Remus is not really because he doesn't really want to be treated the same way as Peter. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. But they decide they really don't know what's going on, and Remus is thankful he at least has another friend to spend some time with because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's always Lily. Yeah. He has to give her a bit of a talk, too, because she is treating him with... Um, Kid gloves? Yes. It's not the word I was looking for, but that works. <laughs> like he's a piece of glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she really has to treat him normally, or people are going to ex- suspect something's wrong. Right. So finally, the Easter halls, and of course Snape's being a pain because he's being Snape, and uh, he won't hex him in front of Lily, but he's doing other things, and he's just trying to keep him off balance, and he's mm-hmm. really jealous. Basically, is what's going on. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I'm extremely jealous of all British people who get two weeks off for Easter. <laughs> Yeah. When mm-hmm. the first time I got off any time at all for Easter to when I came to college and I go to Catholic college. So we get four days off, oh. including the weekend. We get Monday off and we get Friday off and that's it. Well, that's just yeah. sad. Yeah. Two weeks. You'll have to go over there and have two weeks. But I'm done with school in like six months. So oh, well. I don't want to do more school even if I get two weeks off for Easter. Yeah, that's true. They all head home on the train, and there's mm-hmm. lots of goodbyes, and Lily gives yeah. him a hug. James gets a kiss from uh, Miss Hathersage. Yes. And, of course, Matilda. Sirius is getting uh, lectured about Creature, because mm-hmm. he's sullied himself with Gryffindor filth and mudbloods. His he's... parents don't even talk to him, really. No. He's the white sheep of the family. He is. So Remus feels sorry for him and runs after him to say a couple more things and then Mm -hmm. they'll go and a whole the next sort of section of this chapter is all letters which i thought was kind of neat yeah the uh chapter title is a flurry of owls ah yes i hadn't recalled that by the time i got here and it seems it wasn't a one-off thing with sirius's last letter every single letter he writes is peppered with capitals at odd places Yeah. It's just his style. I, w- I wonder if Pika or Pika has read uh, Shoebox Products. Because mm-hmm. I, all I could think of it was, comma. <laughs> I still haven't read that, actually. I've, I've started it a couple of times, I think, and I've read a, a ways, but I definitely haven't finished it. It helps that it helped when I put it on my ebook reader, because then I could just read it wherever I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's harder when it's in PDF format. Yeah, I, I'd kind of like to listen to it again, but I'd have to get it converted so that I could read it on, listen to it on my text uh-huh. reader, I think. Yeah. Cause, well, because I've started a re-listen to all the podcasts, and yeah. I'll be coming up to that soon, I'm sure. So it starts with a letter to James from Sirius, which is a reasonable length, and then mm-hmm. a letter to James from Remus. They're all writing to James because he's in Italy. So And it's and, his birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. And Peter sends him one line. Yeah. And then Lily sends a letter to Remus, and so does Sirius, so it's a little shorter. And Remus responds to both of them. Right. James doesn't write back to anybody for quite a while. 
happen. He does eventually write back to Sirius, but not to Remus. Or to Peter, because Peter's then sending a letter saying, have you heard from anybody? Because nobody's talking to me. Yeah. And so Remus writes back and says, well, I did get a letter from Sirius, but I haven't heard from James at all. And Poor Peter. Yeah. He really shouldn't have convinced the Sorting Hat, I don't think. Oh, well. Yeah, hindsight there. Yes. And then we get a prophet. Domestic mm-hmm. dispute. Domestic. Yeah. Domestic. I won't blame that yep. on the mics. Domestic dispute ends in tragedy. And we find out that a row. Um, row. Row. Yeah. When they're, when they're talking fight, it's row. Okay. As opposed to rowing a boat. Yeah. Uh, between a witch and her muggle-born husband turns into murder when she kills him with the killing curse. Mm-hmm. In America, it's actually a row. You, you're having a row with somebody. Really? At least here, like nev- in Chicago. Yeah. I've never heard of that expression actually used other than in England. So, yeah. There we hey. go. Uh, but they have this, they're looking into it. They think she's murdered her husband. And then there's another prophet from just the next day. And it turns out this is just the first one reported. And there have been a whole bunch of these where... Uh, magical spouse has killed their non-magical spouse and so something weird is going on mm-hmm. and i think it's probably the imperious curse right that's what i i concluded yeah that's what everybody's coming up with now so and so then everybody writes to remus because he's a half-blood and what's going on but uh, fortunately he's fine right which fits with the timeline because According to Sorcerer Stone, this is right around the time that Voldemort shows his true self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got a little bit of an inkling of that from talking to the Pruitts in the chapters from the last podcast. But yeah. this is the sort of stepping up of things. There are actual attacks happening now instead of just words. Mm-hmm. And I love Peter's letter. Remus, are you okay? Mom's freaking out. She wasn't even going to let me open the window to owl you, Peter. poor peter he's just never in a good place yeah and it turns out they didn't even know anything was going on until he got three owls from lily and sirius and peter all at once yeah so then they had to turn on the radio and find out what was happening and of course then he had to explain purebloods to his sister and yes so now she thinks purebloods are creepy yeah, because, well, at first she thought that something was going to happen to her dad and he'd start freaking out and killing everyone. So he had to explain a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he mentions this in the, the letter to Sirius. So when Sirius writes back, he signs it, your creepy pure-blood friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. And it turns out James has had to come back from Italy because his dad's been recalled to mm-hmm. help deal with these things. Right. Authors like having James's dad as an R. Well, it kind of fits. It does, I suppose. And Sirius writes back to him and says, Dear James, how is Italy? Remus is fine, by the way. You know, your half-blood friend. <laughs> let me know, but he said he hadn't heard from you, Tosser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not so good. Hi, Kelly. Greetings. Hey, Hello. Kelly. How is everybody? We're good. Getting I'm drunk. Remov- well. Removing dog collar from dog. There we go. Uh, Unless you really do want to hear... The whole time. Not really. <laughs> well, I had to listen to me crunching watermelon and lettuce earlier, but that They're was before we actually me. did major podcast stuff. So. I didn't know watermelon was crunchy. Mm, a little bit. Can be. <laughs> Depends on the season. Mm-hmm. And if it's fried or not. Yes. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. 
right, tell your Twinkie story. So, okay, so um, after we did, we're all we had a full day of work, and then we went to the water park for like four hours. We went to a restaurant that has an amusement park attached to it, and for dessert they have like deep fried Oreos, deep fried candy bars, and deep fried Ooh. Twinkies. Deep fried Oreos, double stuffed Oreos. You dip them in funnel cake batter and you deep fry them. We call them cannonballs. Yeah, so there were cannonballs and deep fried candy bars and deep fried Twinkies. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I had a deep fried Twinkie because I love deep fried Twinkies. I can say I have never had one of those. They're so I've never good. Never had one ordinarily, let alone deep fried. You've you've never had a Twinkie? Nope. Really? The only really? Thing, the only reason I know anything about them is from them being Xander's favorite snack in Buffy fanfic. Oh, you don't know what you're missing, dude. I need to get you. A, I, I'm. I'm like. I'm gonna ship you a box of Twinkies. <laughs> Speaking of desserts, guess what I found at the store? Hmm. Well, orange Twinkies. Orange Jaffa cakes. Ooh. In the supermarket, I couldn't believe it. It was like it wasn't a regular supermarket. It was like Aldi's. Eh, that's weird. Yeah. Orange Jaffa cakes are a favorite tea time biscuit for Australia. Oh, okay. Yes. Like Tim Tams. Yes. Jaffa cakes. Got it. They're, they're yummy. I'm sorry. I arrived and you immediately turned into Pufwa. <laughs> oh, we are. It's like magic. Are we Pufwa now? Well, you came in at a good time, actually, because we just got to the end of Chapter 13. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of 14 now. Okay. Yes. Do you have any comments you wanted to make about the first few? or Not the... really. So we're moving on to Chapter 14. Mm-hmm. And... and we shift back to Sirius's point of view. Yes. And they're getting ready to go back to school. And his father is telling him that he needs to straighten up or else. Sirius wants a holiday from his holiday. <laughs> he does. Poor Sirius. But he's happy to see Remus. Yep. Was and... this advertised as pre-slash? Not as such, no. Okay. I think. Sue jumping in here just to say yes, it is advertised as pre-slash. And it's interesting the way it's written there because you think that he turns around and sees Remus, and he's the one who says that, but it's actually Lily who's yelling out Remus's name, and that's mm-hmm. what makes Sirius turn, because mm-hmm. she is flinging herself across the platform. Yes, and then they move together, and they almost hug, but not quite, because then they're feeling self-conscious, because they're yeah, manly, it's don't not you? a manly thing to do. Yes. And uh, he introduces Nat to Sirius, and she's like, you don't look odd. <laughs> because you don't look creepy. <laughs> pure blood. Yeah. And so. he sort of looks at this family, because this is the first time he's met any of them, and he figures this is more evidence for his new theory, because his old theory no longer makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because these people... If he'd ever seen them before, he would have known they'd never hurt him in any way. Mm-hmm. They clearly care for him. Yeah. 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 They're a and apparently they actually met once when they were about six months old. Yeah, they wanted to play together, but his family wouldn't let them. I'm sorry, but even a six-month-old isn't, like, mobile enough to play. No, but they would <laughs> yeah. play together. They could play if they were kind of sitting in the same area kind of a thing. <laughs> they would, wave, you their, know. wave their arms at each other and go... 
Yeah. Lay on yeah. top of each other and chew on each other's faces or something. Blow bubbles at each other or something, yeah. Hey, if you want pre flash. Yeah, really. Wow, that's really <laughs> threatening. <it. laughs> that's a little too pre to count, I think. Yeah, it's just Yeah. I'm just, just saying. So we find out that Dorcas Meadows lost her mom. And when the Pruitts arrive, we find out that Susan Bones also lost her father. Yeah. Amelia. Amelia Bones. Um, Susan doesn't exist yet. Not yet. And the Pruitts are right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Amelia yes. is a particular friend of theirs, so they're really distressed over this. Yes, well, she's the one who apparently grows the magical weed, so. <laughs> right. They would be friends with her. <laughs> and they get to school, and of course, Dumbledore has something to say about the world suffering a terrible tragedy. You know, rest assured that everyone is safe here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sirius is even more determined to stay friends with Remus, even though, uh, even if he really turns out to be a werewolf. Yes. And then we shift upstairs, and Peter is trying to get Remus to make friends with Constantine because he's given him chocolate biscuits to feed him, but it's not working. No, all they do is make a mess. I love that Constantine hides underneath the bed, and so Peter's dropping biscuit crumbs all over the floor in order to catch him, and Somebody says, oh, that's going to attract mice. And they're like, yeah, because, you know, the mice will come in as fast as Constantine does. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The mice. Yeah. Well, Peter can pick it up. Well, there's, And there's... they have house elves that are going to sweep it all up anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they don't think of that, I guess. But then they discuss if they're really safe there. And, of yeah. course, they decide if Dumbledore says you're safe, you're safe. That's all <laughs> there is to it. Yeah. The um, my family so far under the radar made me laugh. Because it was like, <laughs> everybody went, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that really shows that they're living as muggles because oh, yeah. he would know mm-hmm. that expression, but nobody else would. Right. Well, his mom, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he almost flips up and says, dad's had a muggle job since, and he almost says, since yeah. I got bitten or something right. of the sort. And, yeah. Uh, but manages to catch himself. Yeah, you'd be surprised what you hear. I'm going to go off on a tangent. How about that? Uh, Sue, one of the one of the old. Uh, I've been catching up on my podcast, mm-hmm. listening to Science Friday, and from like a year and a half ago or something like this. And they had somebody on. They were talking about gene manipulation and gene therapy, mm-hmm. and the guy was from Sweden. And right in the middle of the conversation, the, the host had asked him a question. And right in the middle of the conversation, the guy goes, yeah, sure. And I almost lost it. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. <laughs> he said, yeah, sure, you know. And it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't even occur to him. But oh, I'm no. glad I wasn't eating anything at the time or I would have, like, bit it all over my computer screen. It was so funny. Spewed the computer. But yeah, but something What's like, it? you know, under the radar. You don't even think about what you're saying. Right. You know? Well, and that makes it, it's funny for me because I've been listening to old podcasts and I just listened to the one I'm listening to after the end and uh, they were talking about the curse ring and, oh, that's a cursed ring. All right. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> 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 uh, thank 
you, Phil. I miss <laughs> Phil. But... Oh, boy. If you hear various licking sounds, I don't know what's wrong with her right now, but she is, like, extremely, she's, like, sitting on me. She's very clingy right now. Lily, you need to, like, go away. Okay? No, don't lick my glasses. Come on. My brother kept calling her Lucy. 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 And then my and my my grandfather's like, why did you call her Lily? I'm like, she's named after a character in a book. Is the character a dog? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, sure. I did not hear back from the lady about Molly. Molly. So. So you gonna call her? I do not have. Uh, a, I don't have a phone number for her. I just have so an email address. Email email her again. She is a cute little girl. And I love that she's already no. named Molly, so I don't have to fight mom on naming her after a Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> Molly's obscure enough that she won't know, and it's already there, so it works. Yeah. And she's really cute. Aww. How pretty is she? She's a lab mix. Didn't I send you the picture yesterday? She no, because you were, you were off and about. Black lab uh, mix well, with a white flash on her chest. Mm-hmm. You, you talked to me for like a second, but I had to go to bed. Right. Course. Speaking of which, yes, Remus is putting the finishing touches on his transfiguration essay that he didn't quite finish, Indeed. and he was mildly surprised that Sirius is visiting because mm-hmm. he was thinking maybe James would come and say something because he's been acting weird and it seems like he's got something to talk about, but he's not. Yeah, I guess we kind of missed that because. No, wait, not there. Well, we did say there there was tension. Yeah, no, I was thinking that the Alry scene had already happened, but it hasn't yet. No. I'm ahead of myself. Don't mind me. So Sirius comes to talk to him Mm -hmm. with the classic question, are you awake? And they snuggle down together and start talking because he knows Remus is worried about his family, even though he says he's not. And Mm -hmm. he talks about... And Remus asked if he's worried about his, which... Surprise is serious. Why would he be worried about his family at all? But Remus knows he's worried about something or other. Mm-hmm. And we find out Reggie's had been put in the dungeon or in the basement because he had tried mm-hmm. to send a letter. So and that's why he never wrote to him. Right. They wouldn't let him. And he spent the entire holiday being called a traitor. And yeah, just well, that's the because that's because his family is a bunch of snobs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Remus is appalled. They lock you down there? Are you kidding me? Like, nah, they do it all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Usually when they did it to Sirius, he earned it by opening his mouth, apparently. They're trying to decide what house Regis should go in. He'd like him to be a Gryffindor, but he doesn't think he's quite brave enough for that. And so, well, could he be a Hufflepuff? Is he loyal enough? And he's like, well, yeah, he's loyal enough, but, you know, don't want to be a Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe and he says, well, well, he's loyal until he's scared. And Remus says, well, he's only 10. And Sirius is like, yeah, and I'm 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But yeah, possibly he could be a Ravenclaw, but he'll probably ask for Slytherin because, yeah. Yeah. Notice that they say ask. Mm-hmm. Right. Because ask the hat. Pete asked. So mm-hmm. they've decided that that's an okay thing to do. Yeah. You know, people can ask the hat. I wonder where they stopped remembering that they could ask the hat. Mm-hmm. Is it forgotten every year or is it a generational thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, Sirius asked for Slytherin. It just didn't work. <laughs> hat had other plans. Yes. Well, 
So now we're in class, and Tynesdale has decided that she is going to imperious them. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> They're a little shocked. They're a lot shocked, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've been on mute for like the last five minutes. <laughs> I wondered where you were. Oh. I've been talking, and it. no one has been responding. We've been blithely going on talking over everything you said. Yeah. Yes. Because you are unfeeling people who hate me. Oh, we're Hufflepuffs. Well, Kelly's here now, but we would never do <laughs> She doesn't that. hate you either. No. She's on mute now, or she'd chime in and tell you that. <laughs> I'm surrounded by So what did you have to say when you were being muted? Well, I was, I was commenting that people don't normally tell the next years what the hat is. So... The older, like, older siblings might acknowledge that you can ha ask the hat, but they won't tell the 11-year-olds that you can ask the hat because it's tradition for them to go in blind. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's true. Well, yeah, because the 11-year-olds think that, oh, my God, they're going to do what to me? They're going to do what? I mean, they're scared to death of the hat. Yeah. Well, even before they know there's a hat. You know, if you've yeah. got brothers like Fred and George, you think you're going to be yeah. wrestling trolls. Right. <laughs> or if you're Hermione, there it's like, it's only a Only so many people like Fred and George, though. It's a <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so I think it's just once you figure out that you can ask that, you acknowledge that the next set will there will be people who ask the hat to be placed places. Mm. So they're... Uh, having to write down spells and as they're writing down spells she's wandering through their minds and imperiousing them to write down other things yeah yes insulting themselves basically yeah and james isn't worried because he knows that she can't do this to him and he because he's because he's the son of an r yeah i love james's logic and guess what? That didn't work. <laughs> no, it really didn't. So, yeah, he's like, I didn't write this. Wait a minute. But it's my handwriting. And, of course, Remus managed to throw it off, and Lily managed to fight it. And it's because they're practicing meditation. Yes. I, I kind decides of... he wants to learn meditation, which Sirius thinks is just weird. I kind of thought that Lily's wasn't, like, because she was practicing that meditation, I kind of got from, that that was a call from Canon that uh, Harry didn't get his ability to throw off Imperius from his father, but from his mother. Hmm. That's possible. That makes sense. And she does it again, and this time James can feel it. So at least he kind of... He's got the old Spidey sense going now, so he can but, almost feel what's going on. But if I remember correctly, Harry did the same thing, and I could be wrong. But um, you know, they had they went through the whole thing with in the books because mm -hmm. obviously we didn't do it in the movie. But um, after being imperious uh, three or four times, he could throw it off without a problem because he. The first time it was like, okay, I'm just kind of distracted, mm -hmm. and then. The little voice is telling you, jump on the desk, jump on the desk. And, oh. uh, and then he just says, yeah. But then he could feel the fact that, yes, okay, I can feel this is going on. Right. And was able to throw it off almost immediately. But he never jumped onto the desk. He was no, able he didn't. To fight but, he, but he was very tempted to. And then he realized what it was going on. So it wasn't a full-blown imperious. He wasn't, he didn't do what the little voice told him, but the more that it was applied to him, the more he could 
tell it was being, you know, so it was kind of like out of the blue. Somebody would say, yeah, you know, do this. And he could, he would be able to say, no, I know what's going on. Right. Right. You know, it's that flavor, you know, your spidey sense. And he does actually try to jump on the desk. Half of him does. And half of him is like, no. And then he ends up falling and Mm -hmm. marking his shins. Right. So he fights it the first time, much like Lily does. Mm -hmm. It's just that, uh, that spidey sense kind of, you pick it up. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like having Altoids mints for the first time. The first time you have them, it's like, oh, my God, this is, I can't eat these. And now overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. They're overpowering. And now you can just I mean, I, I did the same thing. They were so overpowering when I first got them. And now I'm like popping them like, you know, pills. Candy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't it's not as doesn't affect me as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. So we have James who's written a letter to his family again because it's good to know that they're still okay. So he's writing to them so they can write back and he goes up to the Ellery and he finds Remus who's doing the same thing. And he also finds Remus watching Amelia Bones and her brothers come back. He's up watching out of the window and the Pruitt boys are there to see the girl and give her a great big hug and and uh, welcome them back to school. So, mm-hmm. And James has to help Remus catch the owl, which is uh, convincing him a little more that Sirius might be right. Right. And we find out that, you know, Remus says, I'd be worried about my family too if my dad was an Aurora. And James is like, I'm not real, really worried, but yeah, I am kind of. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we find out that he tells James that his dad used to work at the ministry and that he had pissed off someone really bad and that's why they went underground because mm, they mm-hmm. pissed off Greyback. Right. And anyone Which I is know? largely true. But... Yep. <laughs> I like this very casual discussion that they have about Lily. <laughs> James is like, oh, so do you like her? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's brilliant. And he's like, yeah, no, not that way. And <laughs> yeah. Remus is like, nah, nah, she's a mate. She's the best mate. Yeah, that's it. I just thought it was very funny because it's kind of almost like the examining the fingernails kind of nonchalantly asking him. Mm I thought that was amusing. And then he (laughs) asks if Lupin will teach him how to fight the Imperius. And he says, sure. Well, while we're turning the page to chapter 15, I'm going to leave you for a minute and go move the chicks. Okay. And I will be back up in just a second. So you guys can carry on for just a minute. It shouldn't take very long, but I have to go get mom. uh, Okay. I'm not doing a sideways movement. I'm doing a forward movement, and I can't do that one by myself. Not without smashing them. Oh, that would be bad. No smashing. They don't like their little feet caught between underneath the wood. They scream. I don't know why. For those joining us here at Pofois, Sue has baby chickens, not girls. <laughs> I told Mooney the other day I was going out to lock up the girls, and she went, "What?" <laughs> I said, "Chickens," and she's like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, going out to lock up the chickens. I'll be back. We interrupt this podcast for pets and farm animals, <laughs> right? And hockey. Yeah, no baseball tonight. Nope. So, so we have chapter 15. Operation Mooney. actually liked this chapter quite a bit. Because tonight's the night. The night of the full moon. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. 
Now they're really going to find out if he's really a werewolf. Yes. And they have to sneak out so that Peter doesn't know what's going on. And they've vowed not to tell the twins because they really don't think it's true. Well, James doesn't think it's true and they don't want to involve the twins yet. So they have this whole elaborate plan. And I love Remus. Are you ready for Operation Mooney? And James is like, you know that's a stupid name, right? <laughs> so, serious, you mean? Or serious. Well, serious. Yeah, serious says, are you ready for Operation Mooney? Yes. Yeah. I presume Remus wouldn't be um, hunting out himself. Probably not. So they sneak in and sneak down the hall until they find Remus and poppy and she disillusions them which i like because it's like they never saw that spell before and they're like wow we need to learn that one <laughs> mm -hmm. and watch them go out towards the tree but they can't sneak out because they'll be seen so they have to wait until she comes back in before they can go back to the tree to watch and they're gonna pull an all-nighter yep so and i like that friends is here and he's mm -hmm. the fool that they get to meet them injured yeah. Ferenzi. Yep. Ferenzi. It's Ferenzi. It is. That's the proper Italian. Ferenzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got it wrong. The Italian name for Florence. Yep. Ferenzi. All right. So. Ah, those wacky movie makers. <laughs> no comment. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they figure it out that he's in the Shrieking Shack as the howls start. And, uh. The centaur calls them human foals, which I love. <laughs> well, yeah, he does call them. He calls most of the children their foals. Mm -hmm. He but calls Harry a foal, too. Yeah. So, and he's there because a creature friend should not be left alone in his suffering. And James is like, he is alone. He doesn't even know we're here. And the centaur shrugs and says, well, I do what I do, what I can do. And that's, I keep watch. So he leaves and goes back to the herd because they're there to keep watch instead. And he's like, okay, that's cool with me. And he <laughs> heads off. And I guess this is important because James says, you're not afraid of them then. He says, no, we're not afraid of them. And we know that they don't usually hunt our kind and we're capable of defending ourselves. So it's just kind of that hint of they're not after other animals. The werewolves only go after people mm -hmm. that I think kind of plants a kernel in their mind. Okay. This is something to remember later. I don't know that. Could be. Yeah. They, none of them actually think of that in this. I would, I would agree with that. Well, yeah, because they're not, they don't go after, come from. they don't, they don't go after other animals. Mm -hmm. They're werewolves, you know? They may go after like rabbits or you know stuff like that, but anything that's their size or larger, no. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to go. Hunting. Especially as a lone, if it was a pack, it would be different. But they're not a pack. It's one mm -hmm. solitary. It'd be a little too weird if the werewolf thing actually applied to biting other things. Yeah. A werewolf that bites a cat or something and every month it turns into a werewolf <laughs> yeah that's a were cat a were cat <laughs> eh, it just gets no, like, a cat actually turning into a wolf I, I <laughs> no. or a centaur or whatever you know <laughs> so the boys talk and they they're starting to get cold because they didn't think to bring cloaks out with them because they're 11 because they're 11 i like that they uh they build a nest of leaves, and then they, they can't cuddle, because that wouldn't be manly, but they can share warmth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they're, they're having a um, 
what is it they call it? It's a, it's a manly adventure, yes. Yes, right. we're being manly men. <laughs> I was reading this on the trip, and one of my kids during this all was like, and he's 11, he was like, I'm not going to wear sunscreen today because I want to get a tan. And this just reminded me of how 11-year-olds are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like these two. Yeah. So. And I like, um, at some point earlier, James had been teasing Sirius about being weird. And then once Ferenczi leaves, he says, uh, I changed my mind. Compared to him, you're normal. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide they're going to stay out there all night. And Even though they're going to be useless in potions. Mm-hmm. Sirius is going to stay awake, but James can sleep if he wants to. And Sirius manages to mostly stay awake, although he dozes off. But he wakes up every time Remus howls. Yep. They do actually see them going through the willow and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when she brings him out, it's... Uh, yeah. Well, he's hurt. Yeah, he's, he's hurt really badly. He's, you know, and it's very descriptive, and I'm trying to find it right now. Oh, here we go. They couldn't see much of Remus, but what they could see looked bad. There were dark circles under his closed eyes and dried blood matted in his hair. The pallet jolted slightly in its progress, and its occupant winced, one bare arm falling free of the blankets to hang limp. A long gash from elbow to rip. Wow. A long gash from elbow to wrist dripped a steady patter of blood from the tips of his fingers. Poor yeah. yeah. It's even when Sirius has seen him before, he discovered him in the hospital bed, but that's after Madame Pomfrey has been healing him of a bed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. He's always been cleaned up some. And, you know, they're like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Yeah. And they both agree there going to give him all the help they can mm-hmm. even though they don't have any idea how at this point right mm-hmm. yeah because they just have to help him so they stumble up to bed and of course barely hours later uh, peter's alarm clock goes off mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and they have to make up this huge lie about how they got stuck by peeves and had to hide until you know and they, were... they were trying to spy on tyndale yeah but they didn't find anything out she's too boring yeah she's very boring and did Remus go with you? Because, you know, Peter's feeling left out. The three of them went without him. And so they say, oh, no, he went home. Remember? He never had an owl. And he's like, I don't remember any owls. And Sirius says he wants to tell him. And James is thinks he's talking about Peter. And really, he wants to tell Remus that they know. Right. Mm-hmm. And James is like, use your head. It's time for him to study. And if you tell him, he's going to go back to how he was at the beginning. He's not going to talk to anybody he's just gonna study he's gonna hide you can't tell him and so they decide that they won't say anything unless pete looks like he's figuring it out or unless somebody else is figuring it out so that they can warn him kind of a thing i like the the remus-ish <laughs> it's a remus-ish way <laughs> <laughs> and they don't do very well in double portions and of course, Snape no. has things to say about that. Mm-hmm. And Lily is somewhat shocked because he's being nasty. Yeah, well, and James is like, stay out of it. Your opinion's not wanted. And she's like, what do you mean? And he says, you know, he's been hexing Remus and doing all this stuff. And you always side with Snape. So, you know, we don't care about what you think. Because she has no idea. Snape's been very sneaky about what he's doing. Go on. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even here, he draws his wand on them, and they draw theirs, but of course he's not facing the front of the room. And as soon as Slughorn notices, his wand has vanished. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're just threatening him. Right, so once again, they get detention for something, and he's got off scot-free. Makes you wonder about uh, the state's worst memory in mm-hmm. canon. Mm-hmm. And if it was biased or real and... Yeah, well, we haven't gotten that far in this one anyway. Right. Well, no, but I mean, it, it makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. certainly. If I'd be curious to see how she handles that if she got that far in this story. Yeah. Well, and certainly if he's been doing this all along, you can certainly see why they reacted the way that they did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could almost say he deserved it from yeah. from this part of it. So. And I'm just going to say he deserved it anyway, but, you know, the Slytherins are all going to yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Snape-friendly fan fiction. No. Don't lie. To me. No, there are a few. Snape was never a nice person. Mm-hmm. He never pretended to be a nice person. No, he was a sorry person, and he finally figured out what he needed to do. But he was never nice. He was no. never likable. Yeah, but he did that on purpose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sirius goes up to take a nap, and Remus, of course, comes in a little bit later, and oh. he's they keep the charade going. That the charade, that a better word. However, and, that uh, goes. So, how was your mom? Oh, it was fine. I ate before I came back. And, and then, of course, we find out that James has detention again and is going to miss another Quidditch match. He's just just terribly unfair. It is unfair. They tell him what Snape did, and Remus wants him just to leave him alone. And And they get after him a little bit for not saying anything when he was hexed before. And he says, well, I I don't want trouble. Right. But he is trouble. Mm -hmm. We move on to another morning, possibly the next morning. And they're doing meditation, and Snape is demonstrating his troublesomeness. <laughs> his troublesomeness. He is an annoying git, that is for sure. He's just uh, clearing his throat and turning pages loudly and interrupting every time Remus is about to settle into his trance or whatever he's trying mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, and he's not being blatant about it, but he's doing it very blatantly. You know, he's doing it just to bug him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, don't mind me. Even Lily's yeah. getting a little annoyed. Mm-hmm. She invites him to join them instead, but uh, that's not Snape's thing. No. He's already got his speech patterns that you get from the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But, Snape wants Lily to go and do something with him, and she won't do it because she's working, and he gets all mad, and he storms out of the room with his robes practically billowing. <laughs> and I love Remus. Getting queen. <laughs> it's yes. too bad that he that wanted. one's out of a little out of context because Drama Queen really wasn't a seventies thing. <laughs> no, yes, so. he he wanted her to come with him and get some potions ingredients from Slughorn because he likes her more. Mostly, he just wanted to get her away from Remus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, you know, you could be nice." And Remus is like, "I've tried being nice to him, and it doesn't work." Well, civil anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Ish. Yeah, ish. So he tries, you know, he Mm -hmm. asks for a word in private and he goes in and says, for Lily's sake, can we be friends? And Snape's like, no, why would I even want to wipe my feet with you? Mm-hmm. And he's... Well, can we at least pretend not to hate each other? No, that's not going to work out. 
and you know remus is like i don't see how fighting will solve anything and snape thinks because he hasn't fought back that he's a wimp and that's not the case remus is being the bigger man but snape can't see that no it doesn't fall in his experience no so and i love that he pulls a wand on him and remus is like all right if you're gonna hex me in the back go for it but i'm leaving and he turns and he walks away so he's not afraid and he showed it right there that he's not afraid but snape won't see that either Mm-hmm. So he just goes back to avoiding him as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And luckily, Lily has started studying in the common room more because Dorcas also wants some help. Right. So. And so that kind of gets them away. And we have poor Pete who's trying to study and he just can't quite get the spells right. And Remus he's is convinced he's going to fail at everything. Mm-hmm. Remus is being the cheerleader. You can do it. I know you can. Come on. Let's just try. Relax. I can't do it. I had a student like that mm-hmm. this year. You know, come on, let's do this. I can't. We'll try. I can't. You know, I got to the point where I was like, "Yeah, you're right. You can't. If you don't try at all, you're not going to be able to do it." And he just kind of glared at uh-huh. me. So yeah, that's a that's a woe is me. Feel sorry. Mm-hmm. So they have him do a spell that's easy for him, and they're like, "Okay, see how well that worked because you relaxed." So try it again. And you know, Peter's just like, "I'm failing everything." He ends up melting mm-hmm. the candle all over the place. And, of course, the teacher comes and McGonagall comes and tells them they're not supposed to be doing that spell anyway. And mm-hmm. that's not encouraging either. Yeah. But I like that Remus practices and he, he puts his name. I think this is the part where he, he puts the initials on the candle to see if it's the same one. And then they do appear on the parchment and they do come back when he changes it into a vase, too. So they're always there, which I thought was interesting. He was experimenting there. But as they're leaving, he can hear Snape in another room picking on Peter. And he kind of waves everybody to silence and walks really sneaky in so that they can all hear him, even Lily, because he's in there picking on Peter, telling him, oh, you're going to have to be a Hufflepuff where you belong. Let's go put the sorting hat back on you because you can't do anything right. And he's just totally playing into Peter's fears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Remus picks up exactly what he says because he has better hearing. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them don't right. actually know what Snape said to him. They just know that Remus noticed that Snape was around the corner picking on Peter. Yeah. And so he expelliarmuses him and gets the wand because it had been pointing menacingly at Peter's face. And Snape's like, what? I'm just talking with him. And Remus is like, is that true? And Pete can't even talk. He's so scared. And Remus says, you shouldn't listen to people like him. He doesn't know you like we do. He just likes to think up the nastiest possible things, whether they're true or not. And that's when Lily says, you don't even know what he said. And Remus like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what he said. I can hear him. So he hexes him. And I, I like that he says, I love you, Lily, but I have to do this. And he says, Versa, and Snape begins to revolve slowly on the spot. And Lily's all upset. And Remus is like, nope, he needs to be taught a lesson. Don't test my patience. Because he'll take it as long as he's being picked on, but you don't pick on his friends. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. The mistake was going after Peter. I really liked that, like, in canon especially you see a very controlled remus except for the scene where he's transformed it's always his temper's in check and you know it's almost like he's placent and it's interesting to have 
one something where he's 11 and hormonal and clearly his emotions can't always be in check however much he meditates and to have that be you know a part of whatever and of course Sirius and James break the moment by dancing around yelling loop and lost points <laughs> yes, because McGonagall catches him and uh, gives him detention and takes away points. And I, I love him. He's not hurt. I'm not hurting him. <laughs> yeah. But now, once Just again, him nauseous. we have Lily pissed off at him. Yes. The next chapter skips till after the next full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remus, wasn't sure when you'd be back. This is probably cold, but I know you like a cup after you've been home, a cuppa. So we'll see you later. And they have this great plan. They are going to get him through his exams because the full moon is occurring either right before kind of in the exam yeah, time. It's the Saturday before exams start or something like that. Yeah. So Which is, you know, going to make exams really tough, especially potions because we already know his Which, of course, sense. is the first one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Sirius laces his tea with a strengthening potion. Mm-hmm. They're not sure if it actually worked or not. Yeah, it's about the same, really. And they very subtly work with him in potions and get him through that, basically. Mm-hmm. So that works. And then we go to James. Sirius James's... knocks his uh, ingredients off the table and then uh, substitutes his own finely chopped ones. Mm-hmm. And we find out that James is nervous about defense against the dark arts because he's afraid that Tydell's going to imperious him again. And then he's bummed because she doesn't, which I thought was funny. No, they're all just sort of boring questions. Mm-hmm. But he does get to not really duel, but uh, partner up with Lily and disarm each other and do different spells. So that was kind of fun. I love Tydell's yeah. comment about, uh, I thought he'd make a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Just a little... I don't know if it actually counts as foreshadowing when you already know what happens, but, eh. <laughs> you know. We'll count it. And of course, Peter went up against Lockhart, and Lockhart blinded him with a bright flash. And, and uh, grew his eyebrows. Flowers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Peter was lucky he didn't obliviate him. I know. Oh, well, I he probably haven't not... learned that yet. He probably has. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, James says, nah, flashy spells and hair charms are probably all he knows. They're so, like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Astronomy exam goes well. They get through everything. And then I like at the end, they're betting on who's going to do the best. Mm. Oh, well, Um, first we have another Quidditch match. And Pete's taking pictures. And I know that last time we talked with Deathroll about how the characters are unique and how he's, you know, he was happy there was no Neville. And I said, well, I kind of thought Remus was like Neville. And here we have Peter as Colin Creevy because he's got his camera. Right. Yep. He takes pictures but, of everything. But see, and, Colin, uh, Colin was taking pictures because he was a fanboy. Peter is taking pictures so that he can prove to himself that he actually has friends. There's yeah. a difference. That's true. And they get uh, James's prospective girlfriend, Matilda, to take a picture of all of them. Mm-hmm. And then she plunks herself down in between. And gives him a little kiss because she says, will you take my picture too? And Peter's like, sure. And so just as he's ready to snap it. She gives James another kiss. She's good at sneak kissing here. (laughs) Yeah. Peter's supposed to get a shot of Bagman's head exploding because this game, the whole reason he's actually stayed through seventh year is he was supposed to have this game as his moment of glory before going pro and it's Mm -hmm. not working out. The Hufflepuffs are winning. And, yeah. And then things (laughs) go 
bad to worse when Lucius and Narcissa get caught shagging underneath the stands. Boom shabba lubba boom shabba lubba. God. <laughs> Which uh, gives Sirius the proof he wanted. <laughs> Seeing it's been yelled across the entire Quidditch stadium. And the Hufflepuffs win because everybody's distracted by Lucius. <laughs> yep. And I love that Bagman says it's no fair. And he's going to blame Lucius 100%. It is kind of ironic that they have him being a Slytherin who just lost to Hufflepuff, who's going to get hired yeah. by the British team with Hufflepuff colors. Yes. Yeah, but. well, and it's, it's Amos Diggory that wins. <laughs> it's the seeker. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. And then we have Remus talking to Lily and patching things up again. Yeah, just trying to tell her what Snape's really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you trust She me? promises to get him to leave him and Peter alone, at least. I don't expect that will work, but you never know. But you try. Yeah. Remus laughs and says, you might want to tell him to leave Sirius and James alone, too, because they can be very creative when it comes to getting back at people. (laughs) It's like, yeah, think pink robes. More foreshadowing. Pink robes and Slytherin stew. (laughs) And so our last chapter for year one starts off with Sirius's letter having been successful. Mm-hmm. He is no longer the biggest scandal in the Black family. <laughs> no. Yeah. Most of the witnesses were Slytherins anyway, so... And they all told their parents. Yeah. Of course, they're no longer at school. And the boys are talking about Pomfrey and Tyndale, and Lily looks up and she's like, what? And they're like, oh, well, you know, they're lovers. And yeah. Lily's like, they are not. <laughs> Tyndale's pregnant. Didn't you know? All the girls know. The boys are like head desking at this point. We should have asked her a long time ago. (laughs) That would be why she keeps seeing the matron and they smile and giggle at each other. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So now they're speculating over who the father is. Maybe it's Kettleburn. No, it's Flitwick. Oh, no, it's Dumbledore. Oh, it can't be Dumbledore, you idiot. Dumbledore's too old. <laughs> He's too gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, she just has a boyfriend in the village. Mm-hmm. And apparently the twins are going to be uncles again as well. Yes. Yes. Charlie's coming. Yay. It's only a matter of time before we get him into a towel. Well, and- he will be in a towel, swaddling... Yeah. Do do we think that they got pregnant while the twins took Bill away so that they could have some quality time together? Oh yeah. (laughs) Could well be. And uh, Molly's aiming for a girl. Yeah. Unfortunately, she misses a couple more times before she finally Mm -hmm. hits it. Yeah, it'll be a bit. And then we find out that they've been marauding. They've been having mad yeah. adventures and marauding. That's where our marauders yeah. comes from. This comes up with the name. Yay! Well, Sirius comes up with the name from something Rima said. Right. Hmm, he likes the word marauding. that make us marauders? <laughs> I suppose it would. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then, and this is like one of my favorite parts, because they're sitting out waiting for Remus to get out of his detention, and they're waiting for the exam results to be posted and that's where they started betting on who's going to do the best at anything and Mm -hmm. Sirius wants to bet on himself for everything Mm -hmm. which James said isn't done you have to bet on some other people Mm -hmm. and Remus is like I'm not betting on anybody I don't have the money to lose Mm -hmm. so you know what I like about Sirius he's so modest (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep, one of my very best qualities, aside from being brilliant and everything. And then Peter's like, ooh, I'm going to go with Snape for portions and Lily for history and charms. And they're like, oh, you traitor! Snape's not even in Gryffindor! It was supposed to be the best between the four of us. Ah, uh, but you never said that. James was not quite clear on his terms. No. And poor Sirius isn't the best of anything. And Remus says, well, maybe if you actually studied, you know, really. might help a little. Maybe. But no, Professor Sinistra, the future professor, is top in astronomy, which is mm-hmm. Sirius's best subject. Yep. That's an interesting little detail that's in this fic. It actually makes sense. Not something I've ever seen attributed to him before. Mm-hmm. So many drop names. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotta put them in there somewhere. I like it. I do too. And so we have them exchanging money and here's what I owe and here's what you owe and all of that. And all of a sudden, Sirius looks at James and says, you passed History of Magic. And James is like, what? Oh. It's way back in, I can't even remember which chapter it was, but one of the ones from the last podcast, he said if he ever passes History of Magic, he would dance through the hall naked or something of the sort. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And that's what he does. Back in a minute, lads. And I love that he comes strutting out naked except wearing his underpants on his head. Yep, singing Hogwarts, Hoggy Hoggy Hogwarts. <laughs> Teach us something, please. Whether we be yep. old and bald or young with scabby knees, our heads could do with filling with some interesting stuff. For now they're and full of air, dead flies and bits of fluff. So teach us things worth knowing. Bring back what you forgot. Well, I'll just do your best. We'll do the rest and learn until our brains all rot. Yay! <laughs> Ten points. James doesn't think he does it properly serious. <laughs> <laughs> what, Scott? When James does a thing, he does it properly serious. Thought. <laughs> I like that the girls are trying to smack his jiggling buttocks, but he dodges out of their way. As Professor Flitwick is giggling. <laughs> yeah. You want to do your line again, too, Kelly? I said, 10 points from Gryffindor for butchering the school song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, McGonagall. Mm-hmm. James says it was worth it. He says, hmm, and tells him to put his pants back on. Yes. The proper way. The right way. <laughs> Before you create a public spectacle, no less. Oh, yeah, any more of a he, public spectacle. Uh, marches off in a dignified manner, but then... Serious notices Snape sneaking up behind Remus. Which is really sad because Remus is laughing so hard he can't even breathe. And Sirius is loving this because he's never seen him do this before. And here comes old Snape just to ruin it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sirius yells and got, the other three all hit him with a hex twice. at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they all yeah. get him. Yeah, three times. He has no legs, no arms, and he can't open his mouth. <laughs> right. Yay, Peter! He got one right. <laughs> That's what he gets for messing with the Marauders. And then we yeah. have him going Remus up to going Dumbledore's to meet Dumbledore. office. Yeah. And I really like that Fox lets him pet him because he mm-hmm. doesn't ever get that. He doesn't get the, the joy of a pet because they're all afraid of him. Yeah. So. Fox knows better. Because Fox is and an SMRT. The, um, <laughs> and the sorting hat winks at him, which is weird because he is pretty sure it doesn't actually have eyes of any kind. No, but, uh, but he does manage. So, And, you know, Dumbledore with his... Uh, understatements. It's been quite an eventful year, hasn't it, Mr. Lupin? <laughs> yes, sir. And apparently James's grandfather was in Dumbledore's dorm when they were at school. Mm-hmm. And Remus can't picture him without the beard. It's just not possible. <laughs> yeah. 
no. Yeah, I'm not sure how you would do that, really. So he wonders if any of the other teachers know. We find out that McGonagall does for sure, but well, McGonagall is head of house, right? Yeah. Not to mention deputy yeah. headmistress. And others may have guessed, but Dumbledore knows that they won't say anything. And yeah. he confesses. And Remus admits that he told Lily. Mm-hmm. And Dumbledore says, well, it's your secret, so you can tell who you like, but you do have to be cautious. He's sure that Lily won't tell, so mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, and I like, you know, please understand, Mr. Lupin, that rules exist to enforce order. Fighting and rule-breaking will not be tolerated at this school, and when they occur, they must be punished. And, you know, Remus is like, I understand. However, there are occasions when the right course of action may be in opposition to the rules. My students are being trained, among other things, to fight, I think. Skype's on. Defend themselves. To defend themselves. And I expect them to do so when necessary. So Remus is like, aha, I get it. So sometimes fighting is necessary, but even if it is, we must take our punishment for the sake of the rules. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then he moves on to ask him how he thinks the year went, and Remus thinks about all the good things that he's got for this year, and he thinks he's found himself a place that he can be. Right. And that's the end. Yay! Yay! And there is a year two, but it's not complete, so we won't actually be covering it on the podcast, but I will probably be reading what there is of it, and many of you might want to as well. I liked this. I was reading it on my life journal and following it as it was a work in progress. And so I really wanted it on the schedule. So I put it there. (laughs) Indeed you did. (laughs) You have power. I do have power. And I hope you guys all liked it too. I think it was enjoyable. Certain spots were a little squished, lack of a better word. There were things that I felt could be pushed to year three or year four that were definitely like major chess moves for canon things. And while I understand, you know, why authors do that, sometimes I just wish they would go a little slower and Mm -hmm. take things as they come. And my other comment is it's not believable that 11-year-olds would have girlfriends, really. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Well, I mean... Particularly my 11 year old nephew does. Your 11 year old nephew has a girlfriend? He has a, a girlfriend, yes. No, I mean like uh, Miranda or whoever, whoever the one is the one who likes James. Matilda. Uh, yeah. Matilda, Matilda, because mainly, mainly because I deal with them all the time. And it's really when they get to like 13 or 14 when they start to get interested in guys or girls, depending. Right, but they're in a boarding school. That's true. I, I don't know. Yeah, it seems a little early to me, but then who knows? I mean, I'm weird, so. <laughs> I didn't start dating till You're I was 15, weird. so. Yeah. yeah. You know, it depends on the kids. Some kids are going to be ready earlier. Some kids aren't. I've got four and five-year-olds that have boyfriends and girlfriends in class. Mm-hmm. Oh, know, yeah. They're not, well, I was going to say they're not kissing each other, but that's not true. I had one licking the other one's face the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh. No sharing of bodily fluids. I know. You need to not do that here. Thank you very much. Some of that is cultural, though. Like I have no idea what it would have been like, but I expect things would have been fairly different in England in 1970s in the Wizarding World. Those are three things that would, you know, make things come out slightly different way. 
Yeah. So, I right. mean, I guess for the purebloods, they'd be used to the idea of having arranged marriages and things like that. But I Very still early, would expect right. them to not be doing most of that, even thinking about it really until at least 12 and probably even later for some of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It works well, well and, enough. And, and it's not a detail remember, that ruins the story for me by any means. So You remember that the wizarding world, the wizarding culture is very archaic. And it was not uncommon to have people marry at 13 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm, that's true. So. so I don't know. Maybe being the wizarding world will counteract being in the 70s. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good, though, according to they still the have magical arranged lead. marriages. They still have arranged marriages in the wizarding world. Come on. Mm-hmm. So according to the magical lead <laughs> I don't really know what effect that has. I'm just getting trampled on because that's how I am. <laughs> Sorry, go. She's talking about the magical weed. Yes. Ah, uh, the magical weed. So the 70s in the Muggle world clearly has transferred over to some extent. That is yes. true, I guess. There you go. But that doesn't really filter to the first years, I don't think. No. Yet. Probably not. I would hope not. <laughs> So, next time, we will be doing. Join us next week. Well, next time, because we've not done a week in forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, you never next know. Next time Maybe on the podcast. Five will be amazingly um, rapid. Yes. <laughs> If we got a few more editors, maybe. Here I go, dropping my headphones again. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Uh, We'll be doing Molly's Tale by Arnell. It is on her live journal, and that's what we'll be covering the next episode. Yeah. It's a one-shot this time. And it's a long one-shot. Just a one-shot. Still only one episode. Yes. Right. And not quite as long as uh, The Worthy King or Fox Ears. No. But... Scott read it while he was here, and he liked it well enough, so I figured we could put it on there. Right. So, it's the I press guess, before uh, the plunge. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We, we have a... cover everything we wanted to cover. Anyone else have sweeping comments about the story as a whole? Or? Final thoughts? I was going to say that she has a lot of fix that she's written. There is a lot of slash in it. There's novel length as well as one shots and if you follow her link from her live journal you can go and find some of her other stories and they are well worth reading there was another one that was about fred and george that i was thinking about putting up instead of this one so if any of our listeners have enjoyed this and would like to read some of her other stuff i encourage them to do it because she's got some really good ones out there once again, we'll have an author interview where one of the questions is, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> yes. Hopefully we oh, can well. pull it off. Yes, I think we all enjoyed this, and there we go. Mm-hmm. And on that note... podcast from my end, and I hope it has been for you too. And <laughs> do feel free to come back and listen to us next time. Yep. Yep. And if any, I, go ahead. Good. If anyone yep. uh, has comments, they're welcome to... Send them, email them to us at sueatduxfoot at potterfickweekly.com and we'll put them on the episode. And if you haven't joined the forums and you would like to join and see what we're doing there, feel free to do that too. Mm-hmm. You can always make comments on there as well if you'd rather not have us read them out. And I think that's probably it. Unless yep. we have some other things to do last with. <laughs> Stay tuned at the end of this for an interview with Pika. So, I think that's it. Good night, everybody. Buenas noches. Good night, everyone. Good night. Or afternoon, or, you know, morning, or whenever you have to be listening. <laughs> 
Death Roll has I'm... joined us. Death Roll, this is Mary. Hello. Hello. Because our first question is going to be how to pronounce Pika or Pika. Yeah. So, Mary, was oh, that who we're me. talking to tonight? Yes. Great. I thought we were talking to Palace. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Don't mess me up. Uh, Are we all on the same page now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. So, we just need Trisha. A friend of mine went walking and came across bear tracks tonight. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> she lives really close to town, so I'm wondering where exactly she was. Yeah, that, that never happens where I live. No, but I bet if you went out of town for about 30 minutes, you could find something like that. That might be true if I headed north, possibly. Yeah, I need to come up your way and go whale watching. They have those here. I've, I've seen them. Have you seen the orcas or have you seen the greys? Uh, I've seen both. I um, want to see the orcas. I, I grew up on the Olympic Peninsula, so I... Uh, whale watching was something we did now and then mm -hmm. it's a fun pastime the very first time i went i didn't take a camera because i thought well you're not going to see anything yeah and right they breached next to the boat the right, whale watch guy they. said i've never seen whales act like this ever this is amazing and ever <laughs> since then i've taken a camera and we don't see whales at all see and that's 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 how it works. I know. If you brought your camera that first time, you wouldn't have seen them either. I know. Let me tell you about this. In going out and doing DJ gigs, you always play your best when you're not recording. If you are recording, it's guaranteed you will not do well and you will screw up at least twice. I, I think there was a guy named Murphy who said something about this. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> Very true. Blackberry wine, making my day better. Oh, I bet. Oh, Yay. There's a little place on the Oregon coast in Astoria mm -hmm. that sells chocolate wine. Now, some chocolate wines are very good, and some chocolate wines are interesting. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't like wine, so I haven't actually tried it. But a friend of mine said it was really good. Uh, one of my goals in life is to try a wine from every state in the U.S. I'm, I've, I think I've done about 23 so far. Cool. Yeah, I, I'd go on a lot of road trips, so. Mm -hmm. And maybe I should have cracked open my, my Oregon wine today, but this is a Washington wine. That works. I am adding Trisha. This works. I love it. Hey, Trisha. Oh, wow, everybody's loud. Sorry, this is Mary. No, no. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Scott says that he has four of the six of his homeworks done, so he may be able to join us in a little bit. So that'll be cool. Very good. Since right. he was here. So, Mary, what's going to happen is I'll introduce, um, I'll say something. I don't know what. It's usually kind of off the cuff. And then Can I tell like, you what I'm eating? What are you eating? I'm eating blackberries and I'm having a root beer. Woohoo! Okay, well, Mary's drinking blackberry wine, so you two should do really well together. Okay. Yes. <laughs> at least you're eating this time, Trisha. I'm very happy. Mm, yeah, I know. So, that's how that's looking. That's what, what you doing? Sorry. Playing with tape. I had to take that sticky off. I'm better now. <laughs> You're sticky, are you? That's not good. <laughs> no. Um, do you really want me to tell the story? I will, but let's get going. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, it was a present from my chiropractor, or my old chiropractor. Um, it's this foam roll uh, called an exercise roll, and I had been looking around trying to buy one, and I couldn't. And I went to him and said, I need this. I need this. Where did you get it? And he said, well, here, just have one. Nice. And now I have a part number so I can look them up and I found them. I was going to say, um, I was like, I get, oh yeah, you can get those at Dick's. 
Sporting goods. Really? Any, uh, yeah, you can get them at Six Sporting Goods or any kind of um, running store. I have one. Interesting. I'm, I named mine Ruth. <laughs> Don't scare Mary off, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, still here. I'm not going to run away. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you have to name it because it you become its bitch, and so you have to name it so you know who who owns you. I see. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I shall take your word for it. Yeah, because she can't see the chat because she's on a telephone. Welcome back. We are going to go into an author interview right now. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. I'm Deathroll. I'm Pika. Yay. And We're scaring her. <laughs> You're scaring me, so that works. I'm not. I'm actually less scared now than I was before I started. So there we go. <laughs> oh, see, look, see, all you need is the crazy girl. And the crazy yeah. guy, and then we're good. And Susan I, I'm just tries to mediate. Now. Yeah, Susan tries to mediate, but she never does it very successfully. That's because I'm a Hufflepuff. Well, no, you That's just egg it on more than anything. <laughs> so okay, we have to start the podcast with a story. Today, okay. I hosted. 14 three-year-olds on my farm. We were a little worried about how the dog would react to have that many little kids, and she was great. And they fed the chickens, and they saw the alpacas, and I let them pick up eggs. But today was egg delivery day, so I put out the broken eggs that we washed, and they weren't good enough to sell. So I set those out for the kids. They smashed them in three easy steps. Like (laughs) Only three kids got to pick up eggs because they broke them so fast that nobody else got a turn. (laughs) But the highlight of my day was I took them out to see the pond. And our pond is, it's very large. And we were looking at the fish and the dog walked through and some of the kids were afraid and she walked out on this big flat stone that we have and she started drinking. And this little Mm. kid just started crying and crying and crying. We're like, it's okay. She's just getting a drink. She's going to drink all the water. It's going to be all gone. (laughs) She'd have to drink for a month to get rid of all the water. And yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. She'll pee it back out too. She was very upset that the fish were going to die because she was going to drink all the water in the great big huge pond. But they had a good time. It's always fun to bring the little kids to the farm. It's harder when they're not my class because I know my class and I know what I can do with them and what I can't. And these kids didn't care what I had to say. They just wanted to throw food at the chickens. But that was fun too. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have a fic. It is Conspiracy of Cartographers. And Death Roll explained that title very well in the first podcast. I love the title of the story. It's very intelligent. Well, thank you. <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead is one of my favorite movies, plays, whatever, and it seems to fit. Mm-hmm. It definitely fits. And I will start with my first question, and that is, how has this story changed since you first conceived it? Oh my goodness. It's been a long trip with this story. I mean, this, this story was always coming, and I've been writing fanfic for eight years now. My first trick that I wrote was Prisoner of Azkaban Parallel from Remus's point of view. And it had so many it had so many flashbacks in it to different points in his life, a lot of marauder stuff. And that ended up being something that happened in a lot of the stories that I was writing. And I kept thinking, what if I put all these flashbacks together and I could have a complete marauder stick? And that turned out not to be true because there was there were so many gaps to fill in and I ended up with notes upon notes. And um it looks like if I can do this all the way through, it's going to be as long as canon, probably. Wow. <laughs> Who knows if that'll happen, but I would love to see it. <laughs> should we take turns? Do you guys have written questions or should I just keep going? Well, keep I on. had questions, but I've got the wrong author to ask them of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to steal one of Sue's standard questions. Do you have a routine for writing? Is there a ritual that you go through? Do you have to have a certain place, a certain time, a certain beverage? Or are you like me and you write whenever God grants you the inspiration? I think it's called procrastination. (laughs) (laughs) I spend a lot of time taking notes. And usually when, when I'm having bursts of inspiration, what I'm doing is I'm taking lots and lots of notes. And for some reason, that happens at really inconvenient times, when I'm driving, when I'm at work, and I have my notebook with me at all times. When I'm actually sitting down to write stories in the proper order, I have to have absolute silence. I have to have door shut. I can't have any sort of interruptions. I can't even have soft music playing in the background. And I need to have a several-hour stretch when I know I'm not going to be interrupted. Otherwise, I just can't focus at all, which is why I never get anything done. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's dedication. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. Now, when you write, <laughs> I, is I, it you pick up from where you are, or do you jump around and fill in gaps later on? I jump around a lot with my note. I mean, obviously, you know, I've written year one. I'm in the middle of year two, and I've got literally hundreds of pages of notes for years two through seven and it's whatever I, I think of at the time, I, I have to go take the notes. But when I'm actually doing the writing, I, I write it in order mm-hmm. from one chapter to the next. So when you get stuck, then you're stuck because you can't move on somewhere else yeah. and then come back. Yes, that is true. You begin to see why this is a really slow process for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe me, I understand. <laughs> if anyone would, I would. I I don't know if you know, but Death Roll is the author of They Shook Hands, which is Harry and Draco in Slytherin as friends. It's quite good. And he's been working on it for 10 years. 10 years. So you have my sympathy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you you guys are lucky that, that the fan fiction grabs me like it does, because I have an original novel that I've been working on since I was... 17 and I'm still working on chapter one. So, wow. yeah, <laughs> lots of notes though. And the story mm-hmm. changes all the time. Mm-hmm. So do you write directly into the computer or do you write longhand or do you do a little bit of both? When I'm taking notes, like, like I said, I've got a notebook. So wherever I am, I can do that. But a lot of the time it's, it's directly into the computer, straight into the file. And my handwriting looks like chicken scratch. So I can't read it. It's got to be typing. I type really fast, so that's, that's helpful. That's cool. Deathrill, you're breathing mm-hmm. into your microphone. Mm-hmm. Or is that me? I think that's you. Well, it's Deathrill's little thing that's going green, green, green. Uh-huh. So. Okay, I've got the microphone up at, like, my glasses. Trisha, do you have a question? I forgot. <laughs> Trisha's our well-prepared one. I'm oh, sorry. That was, sarca- that was sarcasm. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> 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 okay, so I, I have a question, another question. Uh, this story is obviously very Marauders type era, and I'm not familiar with the rest of your work, so I'll just put it out there. Who's your favorite character to write and why? Ah, my favorite character to write is, well, it seems to be serious. I, I, I keep going back to serious, and I think I identify with him a lot. So he's, he comes very easily and naturally to me. Remus is probably my favorite character, but I guess I just love looking at him through Sirius's eyes, and so that usually ends up being what happens. Okay. I've read that a lot, but it usually turns into a slash fic. <laughs> well, yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, were you thrown in jail without no, 
that you were wrongly accused also or that why you identify <laughs> with well, well yes yes i i was for for oh a dozen God. years and then yeah i know isn't that weird what a coincidence then you can turn into a dog and you broke out and yeah only in your Don't case it's anyone. probably a cat <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, I'm I just I'm like awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so where do okay. you guess hmm? I was waiting for Trisha to finish whatever she was saying. But I'm sorry, gonna... I was got I got dumbfounded there for a second. <laughs> okay. Where do your best ideas come from? Or when do you get them? I can get ideas from anywhere. Uh conversations with friends whatever I'm watching or reading at the time, just anything at all. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time these days on political, social issues, blogs, and it's making me rethink the way I write and uh, the, the kinds of themes that come up in my writing. And I, I, I feel like I need to address a lot of different issues these days. But yeah, I can get ideas from anywhere, and I, I usually do, which you know interrupts a lot of conversations when I'm suddenly getting my notebook out and people are like, "What are you doing?" Like, don't ask. Oh, I had a question. Damn it! And it felt okay. This is a good time for Trisha today. <laughs> I understand what you mean about getting ideas from just about any place because I was just driving around listening to the radio today and I got an idea to write a scene. So I appreciate that your ideas can come from out of nowhere and you better have a notepad to write them down. Otherwise, poof, there they go. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of songs inspire ideas because, you know, there's, there's always, there's so much emotion in, in music. I just want to take that idea and address it and expand on it. Yeah. That happens a lot. The worst is um, when I'm driving. I, I, uh, I went on a road trip from, uh, from Virginia to uh, Colorado last year. And I was driving by myself the whole time, and I kept having ideas. And so I had my notebook out beside me while I was driving and oh, writing without nice looking at writing. it. <laughs> yeah, I, and probably not very safe either. But <laughs> can, can you read those notes at all? Probably not anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was. We do commentaries on the Harry Potter movies. And so we'll mm -hmm. go into the movie. We used to go into the movie with little notebooks so we could take notes so that when we came out of the movie and we could podcast on it, we'd sort of have an idea of what we wanted to talk about. And half the time yeah. you can't read those notes. So I totally I, understand. Mm -hmm. Is there like any fan fiction author that you like to read or do you try not to read any other fan fiction or anything like that? Yeah. yeah. See, I remembered I, my stuff. I, I do. I do enjoy reading other fanfic. I I try not to get too many ideas from there, mostly because I think a lot of ideas tend to get recycled over and over again, especially with certain characters or certain pairings. Mm -hmm. um, and also, when I read other people's fan fiction, I feel guilty because when I'm reading, I should be writing. <laughs> and <laughs> so I tend to read short, one shot, nothing that's too long and involved. Frantic Babbles. I, I loved her stuff. I have her stuff on PDF. She's been out of the fandom for many, many years. But she's one that I go back and reread over and over again. That's not a name I know. Would you share those PDFs with us, please? <laughs> yes, I share them with everyone they, because she she took her stories offline, but she Aww. agreed that, that people could continue to share them as long as they didn't go up anywhere permanently. She does a lot of uh, Remus Serious slash fic and Marauders era stuff, so obviously that's why it interests me, but it's very good. P.S. will love it. <laughs> yeah. See, P.S., we do think of you. We do. <laughs> And let's celebrate. She has internet back. Yay! P.S. has the internet back, just as of today. During the podcast, we had a discussion that Death Roll brought up about the house elves and whether or not 
the kids could have not the house elf pee. Go go there. Oh come on! It was fun. <laughs> it, it, I know nothing about elf pee. I, I have no information. <laughs> <laughs> we we were talking about whether or not the kids could have set the house elves free. I'm gonna say not. I think it's it's only whoever is the master of the elves, whoever's in charge. In the case of the school, it would have to be Dumbledore. I think in the case of the Black family, it would have to be, I don't know if it would have to be Mr. Black or Mrs. Black. Or maybe a grooming of both. Yeah, maybe so. I, I, I don't think it's something the kids could do. Yeah, that's kind of what we thought too. But that was as far as I got in my re-listen to the podcast. I was like, ooh, at least I have one question. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't... I yeah. don't oh, I'm so glad I started it. listening to it. <laughs> so um, glad because now it's bringing it all back to me and just, oh, it broke me. The discussion of elf pee and Voldemort's tits. and <laughs> Right. That was actually, it was something I addressed and um, I, I wrote one story that was during the time Sirius was in Azkaban and I had house elves in that one too. And Sirius actually asks the elf because they tell him they're going to do the laundry. And he says, well, what, you can handle clothes. And and the house elf is, is very snooty with him and disparaging and says, you are not the master. You can't free me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, and they have mm-hmm. to be able to handle clothes because they do the laundry all the time. So mm-hmm. it yeah, has and to, to do it. Right. They're allowed to pick clothes up off the floor, but you can't hand them directly. Right. Wizarding World has a lot of weird rules. It does. I was just heading over to your page to to see. I was trying to remember that one, trying to think if I had read it or not. Because I've gone through and read quite a few of yours. Sure. That that one that one was in Padfoot's Tale early on. Okay. Yes. Then I have read that one. Yes. At this point, I've I've written so much that you know, if there's a question about the Wizarding World, I've probably addressed it in some way somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff. and mm-hmm. It's a fun world to play in. It is a fun mm-hmm. world to play in. We Why keep coming back? Question. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to one of my fun ones. What house do you identify with? Ravenclaw, easily. It's the house of geek. It's the house of morbid fascination. I, I've never identified anywhere else. Okay. I'm easily Ravenclaw. I'm not, I'm not brave. I don't, I don't stick my neck out. I'm not hardworking enough to be a Hufflepuff. I just can't do it. I'm lazy. I procrastinate. <laughs> and I'm just not ambitious at all. So no way I'm a slipper. You're planning on carrying your fix through all seven years. I'd call that ambitious. It's true. You're right. It is. But you see how much I've gotten done. <laughs> in eight years. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what? It, it might, I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll get it done in uh, 35 actually, years or something. I think that's yeah, actually a good yeah. question. When, when did you start writing this one? This one I actually started about two years ago. Okay. Uh, year one got written very quickly. I was unemployed at the time. I guess I had a good setup for writing, and I just it just all sort of came out very quickly. And then year two, I got very distracted, had a move, I had a breakup, and it, you know, life got in the way. And it's I been really that. hard to, to get back into that. I know. You know. If I could just not have a life, oh, transition yeah. would be so much easier. Well, yeah. and you've had plot bunnies, too, because you... Did Highland Flame. Oh, God, yeah, I did. And that in, while writing year two. So there's yeah, it, other writing going on. It's just that you haven't quite got back to this one. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I do really enjoy writing the slash. And when I'm writing little kids, that's harder. And sometimes I need to take a break from that and write something else. So uh, Highland are, Flame or other things like that. Because, I mean, you seem like you write younger kids very well. Other than a couple of times we're like, wow, Sirius's little brother talked really well. But then we established that he probably had more tutors and stuff than Remus's little sister did not talk well, well, we thought. What you have to remember at that point, there's actually two years between their ages mm-hmm. in those scenes. Mm-hmm. 
because she she's yeah. not quite three, and he's probably almost five at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like I said, I work with three to five year olds, and there's and a range. There's a huge range. I had a child yeah. yesterday was working with one of the other adults in the room, and the other adult made a triangle. And laid it on top of a picture of a triangle. And the little girl said, oh, look, that's congruent. And the <laughs> See, adult said, yeah. <laughs> do you know what that means? And the little girl said, yes. And she said, tell me what it means. And the little girl gave her a definition. And the, the volunteer came to me afterwards and said, will you look this word up? Because I think that's exactly what it means. But I want to see how true it was. Mm -hmm. And she had it right kids on. Are, kids are so surprising. I used to work. I, I've, I've substitute taught. I've worked at a daycare um, when I was at the daycare, I was working with the three to five-year-olds. And I can distinctly remember there were two three-year-olds, and one of them was almost completely nonverbal. And the other one wrote me a song, sang it to me in English, and then sang it to me in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yeah. very much depends on the kid. It does. It really depends does. on the kid, the family background, everything. Yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you like to read, and I always mess this up, like novels and stuff that are published, not fan fiction kinds of things. I do. I've I've always been a reader. I haven't read anything in months because I feel like I should be writing. Mm -hmm. But I was one of those kids who always had her nose in a book. I was, you know, I would fail my classes because I was sitting at the back reading something under the desk. And... <laughs> the teachers just get so mad at people when they do that. It's terrible. Yeah, I know. They're like, no, you want us to read, right? And and, and I'm reading. But I, I love, I mean, juvenile fantasy is easily my favorite genre. So so Harry Potter was a natural fit for me. Tamara Pierce, love Tamara Pierce, Philip Pullman, all kinds of stuff. Have you jumped on the Hunger Games bandwagon? I have not. I, I haven't got around Should. to that yet. I I keep hearing good things and, and it sounds it sounds like a great series. It sounds like very, you know, like I said, I'm very uh, conscious about social issues and anything with a strong female protagonist, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you good. Would like it, it. Yeah. We even got my mom to read it, and my mom doesn't read very okay. much. And she read it and finished it and was looking for more. So that was great. Mm -hmm. I'm looking through my questions here. Okay. Well, while you do that, what what fic were we just talking about, or was it a, a real book? Hunger Games. Ah, very good. I haven't read it yet. I loved it. I read the whole series. It's up there with Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, good. I'll, I'll definitely add it to my list of books that I might get around to at some point. That's going to be a really yeah. long list. But you also have a list. Yeah. yeah we have I, actually, I have a database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to throw it back to you here. What did you want to say to us when you listen to us talk about your fic? What did you oh, want to you know, bang on the computer are and go, what are you talking about? That's not what I meant. All right. Well, let's let's talk about Gideon and Fabian, shall we? I hear you guys when you, you're saying they're they're in some ways they're like Fred and George clones. That was largely intentional. Well, I, it would I know, almost have to be. <laughs> I know that, Sue, you've read uh, The Power of Two, my Weasley twins story. Yes. And there's, there's a chapter in that where I talk about how Molly was pregnant at the time that her brothers died. And there was some sort of mystical mojo that went on, and it's possible that twins are actually reincarnations of their uncles. Okay, that's right. Now I'm remembering. <laughs> but obviously, you know, anybody who hasn't read that and is only reading Conspiracy of Cartographers is not going to pick up on that. So uh, that's totally understandable. But I think that Molly does see a lot of her brothers in her sons, and that's why she worries about them so much. 
Yeah. Uh, that you know, she gets very upset with their shenanigans because her brothers were like that, and they they ended up dead. Oh yeah. The next podcast that comes out after these is one called Molly's Tale, and it's just right. a one shot. And it, I've just finished editing it, so it's really fresh in my mind. And it's just yeah, it has a lot to do with that. And it's just basically Molly's last year, and it starts mm-hmm. off with her cooking everything because she's just worried and it goes through how you know she wants to cook but she's not allowed because she's at auntie muriel's house and you know god forbid you go into her kitchen and and actually do something that's where the house elves are supposed to be not you you need to go sit down and she ends up going in and helping the twins with their mail order and their Uh potions because she needs to have that creative outlet and she can't have it there. So even though she doesn't necessarily agree with what the twins are doing, she goes in mm-hmm. and they kind of smirk and go, we knew you'd come. We knew you'd be here. <laughs> I, like that. I think Molly gets written off way too much as the disapproving mother figure. And and it's important to remember that she wouldn't always have been that. She has a backstory too. Mm-hmm. And whatever that is, we may never know it, but we can we can certainly speculate about it. Right. Were there other things? I know that we talked about... Death Roll was very happy that you didn't make them clones of the canon characters. And then I was like, but wait, I said, you know, Peter, but I, I wasn't thinking of it in the same way that Death Roll was for sure. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's definitely character types that you see recurring in stories. Right. To rewrite canon would just be, that would be really boring for me. And I, I just don't see them as the same kinds of characters at all. They had mm-hmm. a, they had a different situation. It was a different time. And their personalities have developed over, I mean, like, obviously, like I said, I've been writing Marauders and all that for eight years now. And their their personalities have really developed for me. And they, they are very distinct people right. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the complaints that we have when we talk about next generation fix and founder fix. And it's, it's just generation okay. Xerox. It's a different name, but it's the same character. And they oh, get into the same situations. And yeah. it's... That's, it's boring. I try not to read other generations because I do know that at some point I'm probably going to want to write them and I don't want to recycle the same tropes as everybody else, especially Dumbledore and Grindelwald. I really want to tell that story at some point. And I've consciously avoided reading anybody else's stories about that time period. Now, I'm really interested in that statement you just made. How can you avoid recycling tropes if you don't read other people's stories? Well, I hope that I can have ideas that are original. I mean, it's probably true that, you know, given the kind of what we know about the characters, some things are going to come up over and over again. And that's interesting to me, too, what naturally people have the characters do and what comes from other people's writing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I would want to go back and, and do a sociology degree of some kind and, and examine fan fiction and the reuse of ideas and where it comes from. Well, and at the very least, if you're going into it having not read anything else, at least you know, even if you do have tropes, that they're coming from you and not from other people. And so it's very generic. Yeah. If I ever, ever get around to that, if I ever have a million years to just sit down and write, (laughs) that and my founder's sick. Ooh, we like founder's fix. That would be fun. Yeah. Yes, we do. That's going to happen. I have probably about 30 pages of notes on a full-length founder's fix, so... At some point. Yeah. I was going to say, including a, a glossary of Anglo-Saxon terminology that I intend to include because that's that's my particular strain of geekishness. Okay, that's cool. I was going to mention, as we're talking, pieces of the podcast are coming to me. Scott had talked about you giving Remus the wand 
and not making it, you know, werewolf hair or whatever. That he really, yeah. To my knowledge, we don't have Remus's wand in canon. So tell us. I don't think we do. About how you came up with his wand. I don't actually remember. I just I wanted him to have a wand that was fairly typical. The the kinds of things you see. I mean, I gave I gave Fred and George weird wands when I had them in my story, and I didn't really want to do that again. I think it's important to keep things as normal and non sort of Mary Sueish as possible, because mm-hmm. you know the, things should be fairly average for most of them most of the time. It doesn't need to be super special all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Including something like a, a crazy wand core or wood or both is something that takes away from actually telling a good story. And it's just yeah. trumpery. It's window dressing. It's, ooh, look, a shiny thing. Yeah, essentially. We like the shiny. No, I'm kidding. Um, I want the shiny things to be important when I introduce them. I don't want to have mm-hmm. too many littering around the plot. You don't want it to be trite. Right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the silver sickles? And Remus not being able to touch them? Oh, yeah. I mean, the sort of inability to handle silver, the silver bullet thing, that's that's standard werewolf legend. So I I felt the need to include that. And I I wanted to step it up a little bit so that he can't touch silver at all. I mean, when when I did my... I'm going to keep referring to my Weasley twins AU. It's it's just going to come up over and over again because that was such an important story for me. But that was, you know, when I did my AU version of the final battle, I mean, that was that was how I killed Remus was with a silver knife. Mm-hmm. I just I think that that's you know significant to include that to have ways for him to be different without it being like really obvious to anyone. Things that he avoids doing that most people wouldn't notice that Harry wouldn't notice, for example, in canon. Right. And I like so Harry doesn't notice anything. Yeah, Harry is completely oblivious. So that that helps me a lot. I like the scene. I'm hoping I'm remembering this right because we did not talk about it in the podcast. But that after the bet on you know who was going to do the best in in their exams, mm-hmm. and Remus didn't bet, but somehow or another Sirius decided that he needed to win some money too. And if I'm remembering correctly, there were there was money on his bed and he's looking at it going, okay, how do I get this money off my bed? Because I can't touch it. And now that I'm saying this, I don't even remember how he ends up getting it off the bed, but you know, I don't think it's ever addressed. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's just, it's really neat points that you just put in and they're very subtle, but it's like, okay, yeah, that makes you think really, mm-hmm. how does he have to deal with this? And so yeah. I'm basically, I'm not asking you a question. I'm just giving you kudos for a job well, well done because <laughs> I just thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Out of your characters that you have, other than the, well, not the main ones, but other than canon characters, you had a couple OC characters. Which of those did you enjoy writing about? Oh, goodness. I, I love exploring like secondary and tertiary characters and, you know, Original characters that I, I I have a rule for myself that I never invent an original character if there is a canon character who could serve exactly the same function. Mm-hmm. But I love coming up with the personalities of the parents of all the kids. I'm, I'm really enjoying looking at the Marauders' parents, especially, mm-hmm. and, and seeing what kind of background they would have come up with, what would make sense for them, what would be unique about them, especially James's parents. I'm I'm really enjoying them. But obviously they don't they don't come up until a year or two, so I suppose that's that's completely not significant right now. Well, but, but it's um, still it's mm-hmm. interesting because we know that they die. 
And so no matter what happens, most of the time they seem like really cool people. And so while you're reading them, you're like, oh, these are really cool people. Oh, but they're going to die. I don't want to get to know them very well because, you know, you're going to lose them kind of a thing. So it's neat. That's hard when when I'm writing because I forget sometimes and I I get involved in the story of what's going on at the moment. And then every now and then it'll hit me again that, you know, 10 years from year one and James and Lily are dead. Peter's in hiding. Sirius is in Azkaban. It's it's not a long time. Mm -hmm. It's hard to think about. What made you write the uh, streaking scene? Other than it was just fun. Well, James dropped that little offhand comment because it seemed like a very James comment to make at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I felt I had to follow through with it Okay, because it, it would be something that, I don't know, that that's just how I see James. He doesn't have any limits when it comes to outrageous behavior. He just does things and damn the consequences. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I can totally see him. And I loved <laughs> McGonagall's response to him. She was perfect. Yeah. McGonagall is always an entertaining one to bring in mm-hmm. the, the dry wit. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any more questions on my list. Do you guys have anything else? I can't think of anything. Who do you like for real commercial authors? We did Real commercial you... authors. We, oh, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, you left and you missed out. I was only gone Same. for a minute. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 would, I would love to, to give a plug here for Tamara Pierce. She is my favorite. She was my J.K. Rowling when I was 13 years old. She writes the most fabulous, strong female characters, and she just does a wonderful job with the stuff she does. The The Song of the Lioness Quartet was one of my, my first real series that I loved, and all her books are amazing, and everyone should read them all the time. Cool. And do you have any other questions for us? Are we totally not, but okay. <laughs> We don't need her to answer that. We know. Yeah, I know. Can we talk about the sorting hat? I love the sorting hat. Oh, we well, can talk about hat. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. Let me give you a little background. I am mm-hmm. the sorting hat on Potterfic Weekly. So people take the sorting hat quiz, and then I write the sorting. So a hat has a very dear place in my heart. And the forum members actually got together and bought Hat for me and sent him to me. So, yes, please talk about Hat all you want because he's my buddy. (laughs) One of my theories that I had before Deathly Hallows came out was that, I mean, we knew that the Hat was a founder's artifact. And we knew that Voldemort was looking for founder's artifacts. And I was so sure that Hat was a horcrux. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that he had been subtly manipulating things and putting people in the right houses for years for some larger purpose. And I was wrong, but wouldn't that have been cool? That would have been cool. I've That's seen funny. that theory before. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see Hat doing it, too, because he's just like that. Very good. I have another question. Maybe you covered okay. it while I was gone for that quick minute, but... <laughs> <laughs> What is your opinion of Twilight? Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's a really have... dangerous question to ask because I know so many people love it so much and I don't want to alienate people. I think that people should be able to read whatever they want and if they get joy out of it, that's fine. I don't like Twilight. <laughs> okay, good. I, I live in the Pacific Northwest, obviously. I grew up in Port Angeles, which features in the books. Mm-hmm. And... Twilight has eaten my hometown, which is really sort of disturbing to me when I go home. To have Edward's face glowering at me from random storefronts 
and to have all these, you know, teenage girl tourists shrieking all over the place. And it's kind of surreal. I, like I said, you know, people want to read what people want to read, and that's fine. I have a problem with the marketing of the Edward and Bella's romance as some sort of romantic ideal to teenage girls. I yeah. think that's yeah. a problem because that's kind of gross and creepy. <laughs> yeah, just a little. I yeah. agree. So that's my feeling on the whole thing. Very good. Like they say on Family Feud all the time, good answer, good answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Says Jeff, I, who has not read the Twilight series. I tried to read it. I read the first page. I put it down. And I ask this because there's this graphic that's been going around Facebook. There's some Amazon reviews or whatever for Bram Stoker's Dracula. And like three girls rated it one star and said, oh, I can't believe this. This is so awful. It's so it's so not scary. It's nothing like Twilight. Twilight is awesome. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's just head desk, head desk. One of my favorite, um, oh. one of my favorite memes I've seen online is the, the Twilight memes never having to say you're kidding. Because yeah. <laughs> there's so much in those books that's just like, really, that's where you went with that. And if you want to know the Twilight books without actually having to read them, I would suggest checking out Mark Reed's Twilight so you don't have to. There you go. Does, That's an awesome link. He does this wonderful, you know, chat. He did a chapter a day, and he he completely hated them. But he went through every book, and he took them apart, and said, "This is what's the problem about this," and and he he addressed it really intelligently and really humorously. And it was it was just a great thing to follow along with. I've shared the link in the chat, oh, but good. for Pika, who <laughs> is not in the chat, some of these wonderful quotes here. I was surprised how difficult this book is to read. Written mostly in, quote, old English language, unquote, seemed to make the book drag for me, not to mention the rambling on over each minute detail. I also expected it to be scary, which it was not, not compared to the vampire shows on TV today. For the life of me, I can't understand why anyone would like this book. It is one of the most tedious reads I've ever read. First, I should say that after reading Twilight, I thought I'd better read the original, really just for fun. They say about Twilight, well, at least it's making kids read. But what is it making them read? A lot of them are just reading Twilight over and over and over again, and then they're critical of, you know, Dracula. (laughs) That doesn't seem like an improvement to me. At first, looking at the book is really intimidating. It's long, and it's definitely not like Twilight at all. I mean, I've wanted to tackle this book since I finished the Twilight saga, so I took the book out of my bookshelf and began reading. At first, it was the most boring book I ever read. It was actually a really hard reading it. Sorry to whoever loves it. But then it got easier to read when you kept reading it. I just pictured it to be more like Twilight, but I was kind of wrong. Twilight, you should totally read, though. That was amazing. It's like nothing but run-on sentences, and the they make me want to cry. <laughs> it's a problem. I, I keep hoping, you know, the last movie will come out and then people will start to forget. They'll move, yeah. jump onto the next trend, whatever that is. I can't say, I mean, I can't say anything. I did read Twilight. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it as fluff. As I tell people, it's like reading a, a Nora Robert book for teenagers. It's a, That's it's a what romance it's like. novel with vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read them. I read them because they filmed here and everybody was like, oh, they filmed in your town? Have you read it? No. You have to read it. Okay, I'll read no, it. No, no, I don't. <laughs> and so I read it I, and I was like, okay. 
I read the Harv the Harvard Lampoon parody that's called Nightlight, <laughs> and I think that was actually the, the characters had more depth and it had a slightly better plot. There you go. There's the great graphic going around that Up managed to convey with no words at all a deep relationship in eight minutes, which is more than mm. Twilight did in four books. Yeah, somebody said somewhere that like Twilight is like if the whole Harry Potter series was about Harry and Ginny's relationship angst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said that Harry Potter is about the importance of friendship and self-sacrifice, and Twilight is about how important it is to have a boyfriend. Yes. Okay, I'm going to add Scott here. He has a question. All right. There he is. Scott, this is Mary. Hello. And we can't hear you, Ed, Scott. Are you there? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been editing? Oh, there he is. Well, if we can't get him, he at least typed. Oh, he can hear us just fine. Uh, have you been editing in Audacity? Insert mechanical voice here when he when he types. Do, 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 do. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> that would be a yes. We'll give him a minute here. This is typical. This is Pofuania. Yeah, this is Pofuania. Well, I did let people know about your other stories and told them if they liked this one that they should go and check out your other ones because... I've oh, been through yeah. most of them, and I like them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. thank you very much. But that's quite a commitment. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of stuff there. And I haven't read them all, but I've kind of wandered through mm-hmm. them here and there. I found your story on LiveJournal. I don't know how I found it the first time because I don't think that we were friends. So mm-hmm. I don't know where it came up for me. But then, you know, I went and friended you because I was like, this is really fun. I want to read more. And followed it that way. So that's kind of... friend probably said, oh, you have to read this over here. Mm-hmm. And you said, oh, well, I guess I have to. And you clicked and said, yes, you're right, I have to. Yeah, I, you know, I tend to go where people say, go read. I'm like, okay. Well, that's how Sue reads fic. She's never read really bad fic because she just reads what people recommend to her. That's true. I that's probably her. safer that way. It works. I envy her so hey, much. Hey, Scott. Is. Hi. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I read Remus Tree. Uh, yes, that was a little weird. Uh, yeah. There is some fun to be had reading bad fic sometimes, if it's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I used to follow Bab Chronicles on LiveJournal, which was, they would mine all the worst fanfic for the worst lines, and then we would all have a good giggle over them. And that was, you know, usually pretty wet your pants funny. I'm sure. But they haven't updated in a while. But that was always one of my favorite fandom things. Mm-hmm. I can see I used- that. I used to like the summary executions by, I think it was McTabby did those. And it was just, she'd find these god awful summaries and it was just laugh out loud, rolling around funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it's also fun because of the, the general usage of summary execution in other things. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. a fun. Yes. I hope none of my stories ever appear on anything like that. I'm, I'm just. That's all I hope for. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they won't. <laughs> I'm sure too. I don't know. I have well, some pretty one, weird ideas I sometimes. When I was reading, one of the things we often do with our authors is we have to work out, okay, where, what is this name and where did it come from? And I went to your journal and found out that it's a translation of The Raven Rites, which I thought was really neat. My question is, why a raven? What made you pick that? Well, it's actually magpie that I was going for there. The, oh, okay. um, the Latin terms are very close. I use Magpie as my alias in a lot of things, different translations of it. That's I, I like shiny things. I think that was where it came from originally. Ah, uh, yes. And one of, one of the live journal icons I use is a, of a Magpie. Um, one of my characters, uh, I named her Magpie, and she's as close as I get to a Mary Sue. 
I don't know. She looks like me, and she writes fan fiction about muggles. <laughs> and, um, that's, <laughs> that, that's just that's funny. And, and she's got a big crush on Remus. That's as far as the similarity extends, and the Marauders tend to find her really quite annoying. And um, <laughs> I wanted to put myself in there somewhere because, you know, it's fan fiction, and I can. Mm-hmm. I really like this little explanation about ravens and magpies and crows can be either ravens, mag, and it's one of the things that came up on our discussion on Pufu Exchange in the Game of Thrones podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So it's just it's really interesting to hear this subject revisited here. Mm-hmm. You podcasted Game of Thrones? Yes, we did. <laughs> I need to check that out. <laughs> I'll get you a link and I'll email it to you. Ah, oh, that's some fabulous stuff. Yeah, we spent most of the second season of Pufu Exchange covering the first book. Started chapter by chapter, quickly dipped into character discussion, and then we jumped all the way into the fifth book when it came out. And we really earned our explicit rating, and coming up we're going to be covering A Clash of Kings. Okay, wow. So tune in. All right, definitely. And if you want, you know... I yes, we're always looking the forum, for people. So you can you can always sign up and say, "Hey, I want to come and podcast with you guys." And, and oh yeah, you. you know, I talk for hours about those books. Those are those are some great stuff. There you go. We'll have a new outlet for you. Yeah, <laughs> great. Another thing to distract me from writing. Oh wait, writing. yeah, no. oh, we're very good at distraction. <laughs> Huh? Shiny thing? We get distracted all over the place. Yeah, that's the magpie thing right there. It's, oh, shiny, I need to go do that. Mm, no, must write. Must write. Blood bunnies, come back. Yeah, yeah, but the bunnies tend to eat me alive. Yeah, they're dangerous that way. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had another one last night. I'm like, no, go away. I'm busy. <laughs> oh, well. Must write this one first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got a long list of stories that need to be written. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because that just means you'll be around for a long time. Ever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'll be writing fan fiction when I'm ninety. I'm sure. Cool. You we'll said you said you've been oh. writing for eight years, but when did you get into the fandom? I tend to avoid fandoms that are overhyped, and you know the Potter fandom was really hyped at the time, and so I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. And I wasn't really into juvenile fiction at the time that I hadn't grown up with, but then the first movie came out, and I'm like, well, I I should go see what this is all about, and that was it for me. After the first movie, I was just, I was stuck, and it was, you know, I was never going to be able to get away again. It wasn't until Prisoner of Azkaban hit the theaters that I started writing. I think there were subliminal messages in that movie because it, it did something to my brain. Before that, I'm like, all these people who write fan fiction and slash fic are just completely insane, and what the hell are they talking about? Because obviously, you know, Rebus and Sirius are just good friends. And then I saw the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> okay. That damn movie ruined for everybody. And the thing is, I don't even like the movie that much. I blame it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody blames that. The reason why I love Vape is because of Alan Rickman. And truth be told, it's hard not to. I mean, I think Alan Rickman is very handsome, but it's a fanfic that made me fall in love with him. So sorry. Mm-hmm. He does a marvelous job with is, the character. He's, he's very yeah dramatic. Yes. <laughs> and the question is, can you think of anyone who could possibly have done it better? I can't. No. The actor's obviously much too old to play the character, but he did such a good job that I don't care. Right. I mean, all the actors that played in Harry Potter were apps. I mean, especially the adult ones were fantastic. I think some of them were too old for some some of the characters, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But they were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, the casting is marvelous. Somewhere I, other, I, I, I found, yeah, they did really well, especially given a relatively limited talent pool because they wanted to make sure everybody was from the British Isles, so mm-hmm. yeah. authentically uh, British. I think in the in the adult in the uh, can I talk in the adults they didn't have a small pool. In the kids, yes, they did have all pools. And they use what they could. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always going to be complicated when you've got a lot of child actors and, you know, you have to make certain decisions there. But they yeah. did well with what they could. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, when you have a series of seven films and you're, you're having to cast your actors at just 10 and 11, there's going to, you yeah. never know what they're going to end up looking like. Neville, case in point. <laughs> Right. Because, you know, Matt Lewis ended up being a very attractive young man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he did. They, you know, nobody was expecting that. And I love the story that J.K. Rowling tells where she was there for one of the readings and she was just kind of, you know, looking down the table and going, oh, yeah, there's so-and-so and and there's so-and-so. And, and, you know, oh, I don't know who that is and going on. And then all of a sudden going, whoa, wait a minute, that's Matt Lewis. And going back and going, oh, my goodness, he grew up. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, part of the description we get of him is the round Faced boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, you get the impression that he's, he's kind of plain, kind of ordinary looking. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like Rupert Grint. He never really got that tall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he was. He should have been skinnier to start with, and then he never did the whole shooting up thing that Ron did. But he's still yeah. taller than Harry. And then, so and then Dean, <laughs> Dean Thomas got to be incredibly tall. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You do what you can, I suppose. What are you going to do? And oh, they did, yeah. they did cool. And I, I'm, I should probably state for the record that I haven't seen the last movie yet. Oh. And that might make me a terrible yeah. fan. I know. I know, right? <laughs> but it's not over for yeah, me yet. Not really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's okay. My fiance has not read the last book. <laughs> you cannot marry her until after she reads the book. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can do that if he wants. I'll tell her Puff says no. Know. There might be yeah, a law about you know that. You what? might want to check. Yeah, I think we might have yeah, to crash know, the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> we might come and be like, big now forever for the beats. We're like, no, 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 no. She has to read the book first. Right <laughs> now. Come back in two hours. Right now. <laughs> you, you can read it in a day. I, I did it, you know. You know. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. You, ha- yeah, you have one hour. <laughs> I applaud you for having the willpower not to go see it. I don't know if it's a willpower or if I'm just incredibly lazy, you know, or some combination of the two. It's willpower. I haven't been to see a movie in the theater for a year or more, so. I am taking my nephew and now my mother and brother to see Hunger Games at midnight tomorrow. Fantastic. It'll be fun. I'm thinking about going Saturday night, maybe. Okay. We're talking about a Hunger Game podcast on Monday. Let me know okay. if you want in. All right. Well, I got to see if I actually go first. So yeah. Auric wants to go and I'm just like, oh, do I really want to take him to that? I'm like, how am I going to explain all these things? Oh, my gosh. I mean. Oh, Sue, you would, you'll absolutely love this. Took Auric to a Catholic mass on uh-huh. Sunday. But he's been to one, but it's been a while. And first thing he asks, he goes, where's the smoke, Mom? He goes, I don't like the smoke. And I'm thinking to myself, where the hell is he talking about smoke? And I'm like, oh, the incense. I'm like, yeah. they don't do this mm-hmm. here. So he was all excited they didn't do it here. Then he's like, he's looking around, he's nubbing, and he's looking and looking, nubbing, nubbing, nubbing. And he goes, what are those things? I look over, see what he's pointing at. I go, they're confessionals. What's a confessional? I'm like, oh, oh man. Uh, uh, yeah. They're to confess their sins. What's a sin? Oh. It's going to be oh, a no, long no. conversation. <laughs> no, 
the best is when I showed him the Apostle Creed and it said Jesus went down to hell and he goes Jesus went to hell when did he go to hell oh my god I thought bad people went to hell and I'm like oh my god I'm looking at him Jesus like, can oh, go wherever he wants <laughs> <laughs> I mean he was like having a panic attack right in the middle of the church I'm like calm down I'll explain it to you later <laughs> it was so it was just so There's a BC funny. comic about that, actually. That, that whole thing. Two women are talking, and the first one says, Oh my goodness, says here, Jesus descended into hell. And the other woman sits up, and she says, Oh no, wait, it's fine. He just dropped in to cancel our reservations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Amen. But it was just hilarious. I'm like, he's been to church before. We've talked about this. I think he's just finally, like, he's reading, and he's putting things together now, and he's just like, oh, he's so many damn questions. Oh, yeah. well. That's what Finding happens when you have kids is fun. Yep, they always have questions. Well, guys, I feel like we're winding down. Anybody else have anything? And we need to insert the cricket here. Cricket, 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 cricket. Do you have anything um, you think we I, should I, know particularly? I have one thing that I, I wanted to comment on. Is I was surprised that, you know, and I'm always surprised by this, is that so many people can't figure out how Regulus is pronounced because it, I, I guess it seems really obvious to me that it'd be like regular and regulate. But, and then I realized that it's because where I went to university, one of the dorms was St. Regulus Hall. And uh. yeah, he's a Scottish saint. And if you actually take out the Wikipedia article on him, you'll know why J.K. Rowling chose the name. <laughs> But uh, okay. the dorm uh, was always referred to by the students as regs. So I always refer to Regulus as regs. And I know I'm the only one, but I, I can't stop. No, you're not. I, I see it all over the place. Or reg. Oh. Reg, yeah. But regs is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And I think Scott's mm -hmm. coming from... Did you look it up somewhere, Scott? Is that why you're pronouncing it a little different? Not really. It's just, I think that's how it seems it should be to me, because I was coming from things like Reginald. So I would say Regulus or Regulus. But mm. if they're actually, if it's a name that actually exists, obviously that's probably the right way to go about it. So Glad to help. <laughs> well, Reginald. Well, Scott's right. Reginald doesn't make very much sense as a name, but it's it's Reginald no. that we're familiar with. So I know it caught me off guard in the first podcast, but I see where he's coming yeah. from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the short form R-E-G just seems like Reg, like Reggie, you know, that kind of thing when people shorten it that way. But yeah, Regulus works. I like Regs. Mm -hmm. It's cute. The shorter the better, and I don't mess it up nearly as often. I just make, I'm I never going to stop, own, though. I just give them own name. Yeah. I rename them. He That's is fair. now Bob. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, just so oh I, I have is, is, is I'm, not, I'm not calling them Siri and Remy. That's I, I can't do that. That's yeah. ridiculous. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes, yeah. that, that okay, makes us puke. They, they have nicknames. Hey, Moody and Hotfoot. Right. <laughs> Damn right. Go, Trisha. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> no, I forgot now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll jump in and save you. Does Fenrir Greyback have a white van without windows? Yeah. <laughs> Fine, it's canon now. <laughs> I think there was enough of pedophile vibe on him in the books that, that mm -hmm. it's, it's fair to have that in the fan fiction. Because he, he does say, I like kids and, you know, yeah. other creepy things like that. He's just creepy. Yeah. Do you want some yeah. candy, little boy? <laughs> There's some in yeah, my van. I, I, I kind of went and a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you do that so, entirely too well. I do voices. The scene was well written. It was creepy, and I applaud you for that. 
Thank you. I know I hit the metaphor very hard there. Yeah. I think we all really <laughs> appreciated the way that you went about the biting because most people have him wandering around at night and stumbling into him. And this was obviously planned and it was very unique and we all really appreciated it. So yeah, it's for, very for some reason, premeditated. I always imagined it, yeah. I always imagined it being on a beach and I don't know why that was how I pictured it. Something that comes back to me all the time when I'm writing and it's, it's something that Joss Whedon said, who you know, created Buffy the Vampire Slayer. When you do something yeah, in familiar. fiction, you have to right. you, you have, you have to earn it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to I don't want to just have something happen because it needs to happen for the plot. I want it to make sense within the context of the world and the story and the characters. And that was also mm-hmm. why I didn't want to have, you know, the boys become friends the instant they meet on the train. You have to make it realistic. That's not the way the world works. Right. I want to yeah. thank you for that as well because we commented it's it's yeah. very different yeah. that way and it's not the classic trope where they run into each other. Hi, I'm James. Hi, I'm serious. Let's be best friends for life. I've yeah. seen that so many times and it just makes me want to puke and I click back and I liked the way you presented it that Sirius yeah, was not a likable character at first. And unfortunately, I feel like that was what J.K. Rowling ended up doing in Deathly Hallows in The Prince's Tale. When she gives the scene of them on the train and, oh, we're, we're meeting on the train and we're, we're best friends instantly and Sirius doesn't want to be in Slytherin. I feel like that cheapens it. And usually I try really hard to stick to canon wherever I can, but I, I couldn't go there. I couldn't do it in mm-hmm. that case. Mm-hmm. This goes back to our comments about Generation Xerox where Ron and Harry meet on the train and they're best friends forever and it just seems like you're taking the same device and recycling it and i'm glad you didn't do that yeah well Mm -hmm. i mean i understand that there yeah Mm -hmm. you're the author we We want you to talk yeah okay okay well i I understand that you know hogwarts is not a big school the wizarding world is not a big place and you are going to meet the people who are going to be important to your life early on and that's fair but i mean there needs to be you know some realism to that too Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it is possible for you to meet someone that you just click with. Like they would meet in the compartment and sit there being quiet and staring at each other for a few minutes. And then somebody would come out with a joke and they both like the same things. They have the same sense of humor. And five minutes later, or maybe 10, 15 minutes later, that's when you come in on them laughing and being best friends, you know? Yeah. And that's fair. If you can make it work and make it sound realistic, that's entirely valid. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it works perfectly well the way you have it and it's nice to see the variety but yeah and i love that you bring up because the plot says so that's one of our favorite phrases around here (laughs) we read something and we go well i came up with it and it's just like well what is going on with i don't understand because the plot says so it doesn't have to make sense (laughs) that's one of my least favorite things to see happen and that'll be put down a book faster than anything else is weak character Mm -hmm. motivation like well obviously you need this to happen for the plot to move along but it doesn't make any sense at all for the character and i'm going to be ashamed to admit this, but I read the first Left Behind book, and I hear mm-hmm. that that one's the best one in the series, but that happens a lot, and I was just like, really? this? I mean, yeah, you could come up with a great series of books based on Christianity and the rapture and all that. You could have that be a compelling plot. It could work, but it doesn't. Mm. Yeah. I've only seen the movies. I didn't notice that yeah. myself when I read the first few of them, but they just... Yeah. became giantly repetitive and uh, yeah so i didn't get very yeah, far that's, i hear that that is the case i watched all the way to yeah, the fifth movie just motivated. because it had mr t in it <laughs> oh my god they made five movies <laughs> oh yeah 
Yes. Actually, I, I oh, think I there's know. six at this point now. But yeah, it's got Mr. I T. I didn't even know there were movies. This great quote. Yeah, he says, it, well, it's not God's movies. world anymore. It's the devil's world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. No, I watch them. <laughs> yeah, I know. It makes you want to see. It. I've actually seen it a couple mm-hmm. years and years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's the three main ones: Left Behind, Left Behind Tribulation Force, and Left Behind World at War. And then there's others. Judgment, I think, is the one that Mr. T is in, uh, and they have different titles. Wow, you, so you know just, a lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> they're interesting movies. I've never read the books, but I think they're interesting movies. Come on, it's got okay. Kurt Cameron in it. How can you deny the Cameron? Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like it's Michael in, J. That's Fox. interesting, actually, because so often there are books that make really poor movies, and having the movies actually be better than the books, you know, maybe having less detail and making less sense actually works when you turn it into a movie. There you go. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Anyway, tangent. That's a weird note to end on. <laughs> no, something else. Quick, look at my notes. What else did I have? Uh, oh, I remember what I wanted. Okay, wait. Trisha, remember the question. No, I, I hmm? just need to make a request. Okay. If when you write serious, don't go. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. No, I am serious. Please never Please make don't. that joke. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to. I think it's hard to avoid in all cases because eventually, you know, somebody's going to go there. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Goofy 15-year-old boys com- will make that joke. Oh, yeah, they will. It's yeah. a common turn of phrase. But, it, it, yeah, know- it does get old. Yeah, I know they'll make the joke and it's in character for them to do it, but I've seen it so much I'm tired of it and I don't want to see yeah, it anymore. Yeah, I'll assume yeah, it happens, yeah. but off camera. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. one and I didn't the, even... The, the, are, the are you fucking serious joke is, you know... Yeah. Uh, it happens a lot. Yeah. There was one where... And I feel like it's an Anne, so one of the Dangerverse ones, but I, I don't quite know if that's it. But it was a conversation between Snape and Sirius. Mm-hmm. And... Snape saying, I'm serious, Black. Yes, yes, I it was have. a great play on words, and it was well done. So every once in a while, you can see it. And it's, it's, yeah. I enjoy the ones where it comes up and somebody says that and immediately turns to Sirius and say, don't say it. Do not make the joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because you know it's happened ten times before already. Yeah, I would think, Just personally, ten. I would think that Sirius himself would be sick of the joke, but James would make the joke all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, I can. Because yeah. you know what, my name is Mary, and there are things that people say all the time, and I'm like, wow, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're very original. Yeah. yeah, it's just like yeah, like me growing up. They're like, oh, Trisha, tissue paper. I'm like, honest to God, people. I'm like uh-huh. I haven't heard that one before. And my original last name is Staley. They're like, hey, stale bread. I'm like. Hello, people. Can you think of something better? Yeah. It's not unlike my brother who makes up a great nickname for me. It's T.R. Turd. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there you go. There's something original. Creativity. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah he even sang a song to me, too, about with my name. It was T.R. Turd in it. So, uh, he got really creative. Still not the best name, but it is different. I'm not sure your, your <laughs> brother, if I should say, oh, wow, your brother really loves you or not. Because, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Could I, do you know? Do you know the the stupid song of GI Joe, the greatest American hero? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But just put TR Turd in there instead. So I did actually find one more question that I had written down. 
we can end on a high note, maybe. <laughs> what do you want your readers to get out of your work or your story? I just, I want them to enjoy it. I want it to be not quite exactly what they've read before. I know people who read fan fiction tend to read a lot of fan fiction. I want to give them something new that also something familiar, if that makes any sense. I want mm-hmm. them to be able to recognize the characters, for the characters to make sense in context. And, and I want them to give me feedback because, you know, that's, I'm a vain creature and I love to hear about myself <laughs> and it keeps me writing and it makes me a better writer. When, when mm-hmm. people tell me what, what they like about what I'm doing, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing something right there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of making your writing better, could you talk about your beta? My beta? I don't have one. Do you, ha- you don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one. Does that Why not? You? No, I because I am impatient and when I finish a chapter, I want to post it immediately. I don't like to have that waiting period where it's like it's here and I can show it to people but I can't. Some mm-hmm. of my stuff I do get beta read. If I'm doing something for a fest, I will have somebody look at it. I did at some point have somebody go over some of my older stuff but I'm a compulsive editor. I'm a perfectionist and I feel like I can do a reasonable job on my own. I don't really need that. I mean, it would probably be mm-hmm. good to have it but I don't, yeah. I don't know. I tend to feel that way about my own writing, but it, there comes a point when you are so familiar with it that your brain is just yeah. inserting words where mm-hmm. it knows they go and they're not actually on the screen. So that's where I find the decision. I, I know I miss stuff. Really- I do know I miss stuff from time to time and that drives me nuts. And I do constantly go back and edit and, you know, read over stuff and I catch most of it. <laughs> So I, oh, that's good. I hope it's all right. <laughs> well, it's obviously not horrible. We didn't notice much of anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> of course, the, I can't. Sp- well, no, that's not true because the text reader. Because I, I don't read most stories. Right. Although I, I did read a lot of your Highland one because you put pictures in it. Yay! <laughs> but the uh, shiny text, text reader that I have catches things that a lot of times if you're just reading it your brain goes oh well that's supposed to say her not him and so your brain just switches yeah. it and the text reader will say yeah and her and i'm like wait a minute her where did that come from so sometimes yeah. i'm really good at picking that kind of stuff out but if it's misspellings and things like that the text reader unless it's really off doesn't pick it up and mm-hmm. so i miss a lot of stuff that way sometimes the misspelling yeah, makes the words sound better it's true yeah there you go most of the time for me it's, it's just a missed word a dropped word or a slightly wrong word or yeah and mm-hmm. hopefully that is not too much trouble for people mm-hmm. yeah well like yeah. i said we didn't pick anything up so I don't know if anyone asked this earlier since I came in late, but uh, do you see yourself in a particular Hogwarts house? Uh, we did talk about this. I am a Ravenclaw. Uh, it's Very not firmly surprising. There. Yeah. I think a lot of fan fiction writers do feel that way because it is the house of geek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for Melinda Leo, who was sure she was a Gryffindor. And my my, my sister is a Gryffindor, and I do tend to categorize my friends. I I dated a Hufflepuff for a long time. I have very fond feelings for that house. So, yes. <laughs> yes, you're mostly surrounded by Hufflepuffs. Yeah. How do you feel about Slytherins? I, I, I do not know. <laughs> I, I think, I think they get a bad rap in canon. I don't think every Slytherin can possibly be evil. So I do try to write reasonable Slytherins from time to time. Mm-hmm. Canon makes it difficult sometimes, but I, you know, I, I feel like there should be good guy Slytherins, and I really I wanted that in canon, and I mean, that's 
we've got Regulus, and I'm I'm going to work with him because mm-hmm. I think he's important. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't think they can all be bad people. That seems really unreasonable. Yeah, I'm glad to it hear would that. Just be a little weird, you know, coming yeah. down from the first feast. The house so of like, evil. Okay, people, <laughs> we are the house of evil. Get your evil on. We will be evil for the next seven years and beyond. <laughs> Here's a list yeah, of talking points. Keep you here. Yeah, even though there's a war on, we're going to keep you here in the school, and that will be totally safe. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I opposed the idea of having houses at all, and maybe I'm weird there, but I kind of wanted to see in the seventh book the Sorting Hat get destroyed. And when it caught fire, I was like, yes, now there will be no more houses and no more divisions and no more unreasonable expectations on 11-year-olds and it didn't happen. I think Dumbledore would have agreed with you. Yeah. 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 The hat probably so. would too after some of the songs. But then there would be no Quidditch. Who would, yeah, just people would just go and be Quidditch teams and it just wouldn't be no fun. Well, you could I mean, still they, they, they could have, have teams. You could divide people up randomly. Not based on, you know, perceived personality traits. Mm-hmm. Especially your personality. This is the house of 11. A through G. This is the house of G through M. This is the house of... <laughs> Well, maybe not that clinical, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it comes into it because they it's a British draw, thing. Uh, British uh, boarding schools they have. They could draw the names like out of a hat. There you go. <laughs> that would make hey, that happen because he doesn't want to be destroyed. He's quivering <laughs> right. behind me right. now. You know, no, don't okay. set me yes. they, 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 they can draw of the, the names hat. out of the hat. There we go. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You're making me really want to sort you. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> I may have to. You're on the forum. I could sneak you in there. Nobody'd ever know. Yeah. Go on then. I don't Except care. Except for everyone That's listening to the me. podcast right now. Oh uh, yes, but I could edit it out. Nobody. <laughs> oh would yeah, know. but <laughs> it's already happened. This is a year from then, so you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. No, no, <laughs> it's uh. Are, this will come out as soon as I get this edited. Couple no, of you're right. This, this is the, one of our actual speedy episodes. Mm-hmm. We yeah, are capable. Oh, well. Scary. Oh. Well, I'm burning to know whether or not it's actually snowing outside. Not here. Got dark. Tonight's outside. forecast: dark, continuing dark until morning. Thank you. George you Carlin. I have, my God, I have. It's like 80 degrees here in Pittsburgh. Oh. It was 80 degrees here in Massachusetts wow. today. It was, it was like freaking 45 cold here. in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> it was 35 here. Oh. It was cold this morning and really warm this afternoon, so who knows? I ran in a sleeveless shirt and a running skirt today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Unfair. It doesn't happen in Pittsburgh that often. This is just totally freaking weird. I would have loved to have had a sleeveless shirt on today. Mm. I'm wearing a Hawaiian Currently, shirt. That's always good. I haven't actually been outside today, so, uh, yeah. I only woke up at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I really hate working night shift. Yeah, I bet. Mm. It's your wine right now. How is your wine? Your blackberry wine. How is my wine? Good. It's progressing. I'm less than halfway down the bottle. Yay! Yeah, she's only <laughs> drinking it's because of you, Deathrow. As you go, because of me. I was going to yeah. say, we're always drinking. How did that happen? Well, you and P.S. were drinking on the first podcast, and so so she and assumed it was normal. Trisha was, yes. Yeah, so she figured she needed to actually drink too. I think this we're all breakfast. drinking. Don't judge me. <laughs> no, we're not. No judging. Nope. Nope, not at all. I have not totally <laughs> dehydrated. <laughs> Although I've been doing better. I've been working on this one bottle for like four podcasts now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, there and you I go. still have two inches in the bottom of the bottle. It must not be as good as the last one. We haven't recorded a long enough podcast. You get five <laughs> hours the other night. <laughs> uh, that's true. I don't know. I guess I just wasn't feeling it. I was talking, not drinking. Mm, that will do it. All right. Well, I'm thinking we should wrap this up. Thank you. Oh, my God. I could go to... 
bed before midnight. You can. It's amazing. <laughs> this is shocking. <laughs> Poor Trisha. We keep her up late one night a week. Thank you for putting yourself through this. It was quite enjoyable. I know mm. that sometimes we can be a little crazy and we're a, we're a little but... much sometimes, and I've been where you're sitting. It's definitely a unique <laughs> experience. We're overwhelming. It, it is. It is. Yes, Death Roll came <laughs> in with asbestos pants because he thought he'd get flamed. <laughs> he enjoyed it so much he's become a host. So Yeah, they invited me on to talk about my fic, and I've never left, and I haven't stopped talking about my fic either. <laughs> no, you haven't. Exactly. No, I, I think for at least one or two podcasts, I've managed to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're making progress. Yay, progress. <laughs> so see, you could have a, a podcasting career if you want to go on to talk about Game of Thrones and all of those. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't tempt me. I, I I need to get some writing done at some point. That yeah, this okay. needs to happen. I've got a test fic due on Saturday. It's it's in not happening, and I need to get on that tonight. Yes, mm. we'll let you so, go so you can write. Yeah. I did send you the link to the Buffalo Exchange. Exchange. I, I emailed it to you. Okay. You'll want to start at the bottom of the page and work your way up because. That's the order it goes in, unless you want to start with book okay. five. But I think <laughs> there's nine podcasts, so that'll keep you busy at work for oh a while. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> I'll have yeah. to do this week. About, yeah. oh, 20 to 25 hours of discussion. Okay, so that's three and a half nights. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. It works. Well, awesome. Thank you again. We really yeah. did enjoy your fic, even if we took it to Elf P and Drunk Hosts, but it was a lot. Well, I, I tried to I keep want, it classy. I want to thank you guys, too. <laughs> Good job. Yes. Now, tried to I, keep it classy I, by so asking questions about. Go ahead. It was so nice for you guys to do this, and it was, it was a huge ego boost, and hopefully it will light a fire under me to get some writing done. Yay! And with that, we will say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.